Oh yeah, here we go guys. It's episode 111. A little numerology for those freaks out there that like that. We got Josh Doey on this episode. Oh my God, what a fun one. He brings so much energy to the mic and to life and really cool perspective and really interesting um, just cross-examination of all the different disciplines he's involved in, including acting and comedy and some of the things that, you know, those are things that I've been also exploring. So this was so much fun. I can't thank Josh enough. Um, We've been a long time coming. We've been talking about doing this and he's a fellow podcaster. So um, really enjoyed this one. I hope you guys love it as much as I do. Great stuff in here from Josh. Jump in, man. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. Do you do an intro? Do you like, welcome to the high job? Like, yeah. I always do a guest intro. Like that's a few minutes or usually I'm keeping it as short as I can these days because people are here for you, man, ultimately, or at least they're here for what happens between us. But I think they're here for you. <laughs> they like no, the, no, they like no. the high job. This isn't the Josh that we podcast. Well, I do want to talk about that though, because you do have your own Let's podcast, and I don't know if you've been I do. <laughs> keeping up with it these days. But I was yeah, pumped to talk. see. Um, I was pumped to see that you started one. I mean, it's, I think it's really interesting that there is more and more podcasts coming up. Obviously, it's part of like just the idea of a podcast has you know been put out there now, and so there's lots of people doing it in the same way. There's lots of people with YouTube channels and you know all kinds of content, but. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, I feel like there's more parkour podcasts or like, you know, podcasts hosted by parkour athletes because we came up with that idea as kind of being more woven into what we do and part of our culture than, you know, sports before us or, you know. Yeah. Cause, cause parkour is so interlaced with, with content creation. Like Mm. that's how a lot of people found out about parkour. That's how we consumed parkour is like we, parkour has always been one-to-one with media with with medium like even people who got into it from watching jump london or jump written or whatever the fuck like they, mm-hmm. that that's still content that's that's a movie and it's it's always been paired with some sort of companion thing because parkour i don't know i i, I guess can be more than that but but yeah it, parkour has been just like so paired with sharing through mediums it's it's such a it's so shareable I don't know. Yeah. The, the culture of parkour and things. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. And I, I think there's something about because it's such a raw expression, you know, there's so it, in, in the movement practice and that part of like, you know, our culture, it's such a direct expression of, of yourself because you're not manipulating anything. Like it is just your body, you know, and of course, you know, whatever you're choosing to engage with. But, uh, I mm-hmm. think because it starts to really develop that sense of self-expression in a way, mm-hmm. um, even if you're copying, even if you're just mimicking out of the gate, you know, everything that people are doing around you, ultimately you got to do it in your way. And it becomes a little more visceral when you're doing it without like a bike or a skateboard or, or maybe, you know, I think that's why I think it relates to the martial arts in a way. And I, it starts to like pull some of that, whatever that juice is that's in the martial artist that makes them also the kind of people that you want to listen to, not necessarily just watch fight because there's something about, I mean, and I'm not saying that there's not other athletes, obviously all, all athletics and all any domain has, you know, great people in it with great minds and people that you want to absorb material from. But there's something I think that correlates at the very least with the practitioner of parkour and the, orator or the you know the 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 other the writer anything that like 
is a way of self-expression that is a, yeah. akin to something like a martial artist or well, yeah because parkour is so close to a martial art in the sense that like you know e everybody is kind of doing the same thing but at the same time nobody is doing it the same mm -hmm. and it is fascinating to see like how each person has gone from you know point a not knowing parkour at all not not knowing anything about it to you know point z where they are they, they know how it works they understand it but they've got their own like style and they bring their own influences to it mm -hmm. and that's where the personal element comes in like where where it's so fascinating to learn anything about anybody that does parkour because it's like by learning about them you're also learning what did they bring to the table or, or what did, what inspired them to move in the way that they do or to to look at an environment in the way that they do fuck yeah <laughs> that was well said <laughs> and uh you know that makes me want to that makes me want to dive a little deeper into your your journey of that you know and like what what brought nice. you into it because um obviously we know each other from competitions i think is probably we met at napc at one point and have some good times and you've come through colorado but you know just even for me like because now i'm more in my post weed era i need some reminders sometimes jog my memory um <clears throat> of how you know you got into the discipline and like how what what is that thing that drew that makes you want to move and how you feel like you've been Influ what's influenced your style etc because you do have a very unique journey i'd say you know you definitely came at it and i think someone another guest of the podcast i can't remember who it was actually pointed exactly to you and said this is a guy who came in and was doing it completely different and then now you've like woven in some of the, like the main you know some of the main more mainstream things but it's like so stylized now because you hit it from a third door they call it sometimes you know third door yeah i think that was uh i think <laughs> that was tom, tom taylor shout out to tom taylor yeah tom Man, taylor he's, yeah he's dope as hell. yeah um yeah i i started I, I started parkour from such like a weird little shallow place like i when i when i grew up i wasn't good at anything like i i wasn't good at <laughs> sports i was i just didn't take to anything i was such an unspecial little kid like there was there was nothing spectacular about me there was i had an imagination that was it i loved to play imagination that was like that was it. So I, I lived this weird little childhood of not really feeling like I belonged anywhere. Like I kind of had friends and people who would hang out with me and stuff, but I, I didn't take to any, anything really. And then I tried out skateboarding and I just, I didn't get it. I didn't understand because I didn't, I didn't have a, a base in sport. I didn't understand what it took to be good at anything. Mm. I thought people just like picked up a sport and were just good at it. Like, oh, cool. Like you picked up a ball and all of a sudden you're fucking uh, the Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky of the baseball diamond or whatever the fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> to, it's to, to really like bring sports to this. Yeah, dude. Dude, uh, skateboarding is a fucked I, up learning curve, especially, you know? <laughs> Unless you're it's some so kind hard. of like phenom or some kind of, yeah, just virtuoso skateboarder or something, or you're, you know, who knows how you, but it's one of the most steep learning curves I've ever like experienced. Totally. And so I, I, I was skateboarding with some people who they, they had some kind of a base in skateboarding. They at least practiced it. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know practice had a purpose. I thought <laughs> people just practiced because it was fun. Like I, I literally had no idea how any of this stuff worked. And then I was skateboarding with my friends one day and like, you know, of course being like, oh, like skateboarding is hard. What the fuck? 
And, mm-hmm. and one of them, uh, my friend Brody, who ended up being on my, my parkour team, I'd known him since I was in kindergarten and stuff, uh, looked up to him all the time. If he wore colored pants, I wanted to wear colored pants. Like the, he was just, he was the shit and still is. Like he's so fucking dope doing his own thing. Always just oh, so about his own shit. Like the most original human I had ever met. And he just like, he started doing, he did wall spins. He was doing like some like wall spins on like some walls. And I was like, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> what is that? That looks so fun. Like he was doing like wall runs up stuff. And like, he was, he was doing like palm spins on like, you know, things are like slanted, like 30 yeah. degrees or whatever. But still I was like, what is that? And like, I, I kind of knew about parkour from watching videos. Like my, my oldest brother, he showed me, he showed me a video called like Ninja Academy or something. And it was these dudes who were like, you know, flipping around and stuff. And it, it was really cool. But I saw that as completely unattainable. Like I was just like, oh, these people, like they're in the circus or they're <laughs> like acrobats or whatever. And I, I never considered it to be within the realm of possibility until I saw my friend do it. And I was like, what are you doing? I want to do that. You're cool. I want to be cool. That looks fun. <laughs> and so <laughs> he, uh, he took me to my first ever parkour jam. Like it was like a parkour jam happening like uh, maybe like a, a week or so after we had done like our first like parkour session. Like I would literally just like put my hands on a rail and like jump down some stairs and shit. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but um, he took me to a jam after we did like one or two sessions together. Like we called it like, like running free around the city or whatever. Running free um, baby. Wait, where, and which, free. which, where, what part of Canada you grew up in? From Calgary. Calgary is what I thought. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. For anyone who wants yeah, to Yeah, it's like a, kind of like the, the Denver middle, right? of... Uh, it's the Denver of yeah, Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, literally, it's the Denver of Canada. <laughs> like, Denver is so, so similar to it in so many ways. And um, so Brody took me to this parkour jam, and I met a bunch of people, and I had so much fun. And, and I had this crazy feeling of, like, I found my tribe. Like, I, mm. I, I had never had a community before. I had never had any kind of an activity that I had 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 really taken to aside from skateboarding, which I really didn't understand still. And I just clicked with these people. Like um, I met Amanda Vol. Do you know Amanda Vol? Oh, yeah. Yeah. One yeah. So I, I met her I, and, I and she and, was, yeah. yeah, she's, she's, you know, she's traveled the world and done jams and things like that. And she was the first person to talk to me there. And like, nobody, nobody had ever really like out of the blue, just like talked to me like that. And, mm. and, and just, she shared her, her, her stories and she talked about parkour with me. And then I met another person and another person, another person. Everyone was so nice and, and inclusive and encouraging. And like, I just, for the, for the first time, I felt like I had really found a, a, a group of people and a community and a, and a discipline that I could, I don't know. I, I, as soon as that happened, I was like, I just want to do this. Fuck everything else. Like I, <laughs> I stopped skateboarding. I stopped so many other things. I was just like, fuck it. And I started like, I started running stairs. There's like, there's like wooden stairs near my house that I could run up and down. Cause I was like, I was a skinny little kid. Mm-hmm. I was like 120 pounds. And I was Hola. like, I have no physical ability whatsoever. So I made up a workout regimen where I would like run upstairs and then I would do push-ups, and oh, I would shit, do like a 10 minute ab hold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like QM up and down stairs and stuff. Nice, I was like, I gotta yeah. move like a lizard and stuff. <laughs> so, Dude, that's good. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I um I was really shy still at the time. Like I was so I was so excited to find find this community and stuff, but I was still scared and timid and stuff. So I would go uh, I would go to the parkour gym, which which Brody introduced me to after this jam. Mm-hmm. But I would only go on Wednesdays because I knew nobody else would show up on Wednesdays, <laughs> and I would just train alone. And um and, and that that group of friends uh, that Brody was a part of, 
Um, they had been training for about six months prior to me, but it felt like they'd been training for years, you know? So I, I felt like I had to catch up. So I trained hard as fuck so I could just roll with these guys. Yeah. And I, I had this, this mentality that like, I was the runt, like I, in my head, I always called myself the runt. Like I, I need, I I'm the runt today. I, I have to, I have to prove myself. And you know, I'm not just this little like shitty kid. Like, I think I can really do this. <laughs> and so I trained and trained and trained and trained. And, you know, I, I eventually, um, I, I found Storer at like, I found Storer in like 2011. I was like, these guys are funny. When did you begin? When, when, when did you really, when did you first start? What year was it? Do you remember? So that was 2010. Okay. Okay. So we started the same year. So it was a year later you found store. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So about a year later I found store and, uh, and then I found team Farang and I found all these, these content creators and stuff. And I was so drawn to their videos and the, I was into like the baggy sweats at the time. Baggy or the best. Urban free float. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I remember. Oh my God. I remember. Swimming I had, in my uh, fucking sweats. I don't even want to see my lasers. Literally. Or my sho- <laughs> like, two shoes, anything. Yeah. I had I had five XL sweats at one point. Yeah, <laughs> fuck like, yeah. I was so into the XLs. <laughs> like I I went from like L's to XLs to double XLs. And then I went to this website called like King Size, which is for like, <laughs> you know, like big bone people King. and stuff. Yeah. And I, I would get like five XL sweats, man. It was ridiculous. Oh yeah. Big. And then um I can't I wait for that to come back. I, Fashion's gonna bring that back one day. It'll trend back. Yeah, bring that shit back. It'll come on, I gotta bring my, does, my sweats we'll out have again. Like a full circle. Anyhow. Um, I remember I, I got out of, I got out of baggy sweats cause I almost died wearing them one time. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, not almost died, but like I was, I was up on, 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 uh, I was up on top of the foam pit at this parkour gym that I was at breathe parkour. And, um, uh, I tripped on my own leg. And from that point forward, I was like, nah, like I tripped maybe, on my own maybe down leg. a few X's. Maybe yeah, I don't need yeah, to, I went the couple X's too far. Yeah. Right, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. It, it is a, a hazard. Yeah. And then. So I, you know, I found all these, these content creators and I was really into urban free flow at the time. And I was following mm-hmm. athletes like JJ Goda, um, Greg Ennis, um, Crook. just, oh, Jake, Jake Branford, you know, name dropping all these guys. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, some people I don't remember. Cause like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, they're all peppered in and only a few are still, you know, especially from that era, that far back. Like it's like, I've talked about this before. It's hard to have a long career arc in anything but in parkour in the internet age ooh, it's extra yeah hard. i've actually i've got some thoughts on that i've got I, i've got some interesting thoughts on that as well so okay, let's, we'll pin let's, that. We'll let's pin bookmark that. that yeah let's pin that um I, I think i think to to wrap up this origin story i um let's fast forward to 2012 where i you know i had been training for long enough um and the wftf came to town um, they came, I think, I think Zephyr had visited at one point. Uh, Yohan like, LaRue. Talk about the long yeah, arc, dude. Holy shit. The fucking, yeah, the longest <laughs> arc and a tail. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I got yeah. a tail, man. Yeah, my guy, <laughs> dude. Yeah. He was a character and, st- and still is. Yeah. And, you know, he's training at a high level and stuff. Much respect. Um, but he came to town and then he, I, I think between him and Josh Brower, you know, Josh Brower. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they, I think they might have coordinated or, or Josh got connected with the WFPF through Yoan, maybe. This is stuff I might be getting wrong. But uh, eventually the, 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 the WFPF came to town to do like a coaching certification. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they brought some athletes to town like Robbie Corbett. Um, and uh, oh my, how am I forgetting his name? He's literally so awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, uh, cra- crazy Rican. His, um, his, 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 his Instagram is Crazy Rican. He's from the Dominican, but he lives in Florida. 
Daniel Arroyo. Oh, Arroyo. Oh, Daniel his Arroyo. name's Crazy Rican. Or it must have been that's old school, dude. Because it changed probably yeah. like six times since it was Crazy Rican. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's like the live wire days. <laughs> dude. Fuck yeah, man. Arroyo. Shout out to, Dan- yeah. to Danny. Hopefully we'll see him again soon. That's such a funny phase of parkour. Like everyone thought they had to have nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like you're coming from like the forums and stuff where you see like just like Livewire, Crazy Recon, and Blue. And, like when I started my parkour team, we all thought we had to have nicknames as well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we like we all made up. Did you ever have a nickname? My I kind of like entered just on the like the tail end of that whole thing, and so I my never mine never stuck, but it was Sweet Treats PK. Sweet, sweet treats, sweet, sweet treats, baby. That's good. Yeah, but like. <laughs> Sweet treats. You could call it. You could be called sweet treats even even to this day. But like, if you're gonna be called like Livewire, my name was like so random. It had no meaning to it. I was like, call me Leaf. Like, Leaf. Like, oh shit. Why? No, that's why? good. That reminds me of Brandon Halpin. You know Brandon Halpin? No. Um, he's a homie. Uh, and a big. He was. He was. He's still in Colorado, and he was a big part of like it, the scene here for a long time. He was the green okay. tressor. The green. The green, green tressor, man. <laughs> He's about that plant. Would he life. wear? Would he wear green sweats all the time? Yeah, he's about the plant life. People, man. people, people like mar- they they cornered themselves to colors too. Like there was like <laughs> yo, was they're blue. like I'm all, I'm the green one. All right. <laughs> yeah, like a Power Ranger, the dude. That's one fucking in, this in shit. Germany and shit. Like come on, guys. Dude, they, no one knew <laughs> so where it's going, dude. What if we became Power Rangers and then so we had green, blue, and if you didn't pick a color, you weren't on the team, bro. I actually, I picked brown. That was that was my color. I liked, oh, like yeah. a tan. I was like a tan brown. That was my like my color. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my color. <laughs> it is hilarious. So yeah, I think that's just part of growing up in that age too, where it's like there's so much awareness of how you're projecting yourself in the modern age. I think like for for us a little bit, and then for the people like the Gen Zs and whatever, like oh my god, they must be. I don't actually know because I don't know hang out with a lot as as many of them. Um, I think they also kind of have rejected it in a way because they've become aware of just how, you know, uh, unfruitful that game can be. Yeah, well, parkour is a lot less eager to prove itself these days. Yeah. Like back back when, you know, we were giving ourselves nicknames and, and, and colors and, you know, making teams and stuff like parkour was still struggling to find its own identity. Like I think we've settled into a much... A uh, much more chill place where there's there's less eagerness to be like we're here deal with it it's more just like <laughs> let's just move you know let's, let's hang out let's move let's make videos if we want to yeah yeah no i'm yeah. i still think we're in that phase though to a degree like i don't know that we've fully established who we are because yeah we're still i mean evolving. it's only been a short span of time yeah, yeah. right yeah absolutely yeah well, time will tell as we become like older but anyhow please continue please continue. yeah um yeah i guess to wrap up the origin story of of where like well, how, how did I get to here? Like how did I get to this point? I um I, I did this coaching certification with with Robbie and, mm-hmm. and Danny and stuff, and that was fun. Whenever and I I met the uh, the he must have been the CEO of of the WFPF, David um, David David Thompson. He was a nice mm-hmm. guy, nice guy, and uh, really invested in in growing parkour. That yeah, and um he I, I talked to him. We had some really good conversations, and I really. I really wanted to go deeper into parkour. Like I saw with Urban Free Flow, they had, I, th- I think they had affiliates and athletes. I think that that was the way that they differentiated it. Mm-hmm. And th- they, they had this kind of hierarchy system of like, you know, there's the affiliates who are, you know, pretty sick athletes and they're kind of affiliate. And then there's the athletes who are like, you know, sponsored and they get 
shirts and maybe get flown to events and stuff that that's what what i saw from the outside and i i I didn't quite see a full future for parkour for myself at that point, but I really wanted to go deeper with it. Cause I, you know, th this is th the first thing that I had ever really, I don't know, had any level of enjoyment with in sport. Mm -hmm. and, and the only thing I, I really knew how to, to excel with because it taught you progression, like the, just the culture of parkour, it taught you progressions and it taught you all of these cool principles that made growing and, and progressing so much easier it, it made it so attainable like it you know if you want to learn this move break it down into progressions if you want to do this jump do this smaller jump like these kind of things nobody had ever taught me before mm -hmm. like the the whole the whole culture of parkour taught me the value of practice and the value of of intention and and all, all of these really key principles and stuff and i was so fascinated by it and so do you I think, talk to david and, I'm gonna, go I'm ahead. Just, real quick i just want to ask you do you think that the sort of trajectory of parkour and your own trajectory were just kind of like they synced up because i feel like that's partly why you felt like there is this is like your your tribe and like this is your space and i feel the same or i felt the same when i first got into it and around the same time 2010 is mm -hmm. because like it was such it was also at a stage where it was figuring itself out and i was figuring myself out and so we all were figuring ourselves out together in a way that was like really rewarding and meaningful whereas in other spaces there was just like there was no identity that was available to me that was because it was already established right yeah, exactly. like, like you're not you're not on the same trajectory as hockey you yeah. know hockey's already happened skateboarding's already happened yeah but, but yeah. parkour was was happening and beginning to happen yeah. so i see that that's a, that's a really cool observation because i i do agree with that because i think even even these days like even though parkour isn't finished establishing itself mm -hmm. i don't think people are necessarily on the same trajectory with with parkour like uh, in, in a lot of ways, like, if, you know, if, if some random kid came to a jam these days, I don't know if they would find that same level of, of, of community or, or compassion. They, they may, yeah. but just because of the developmental stage that parkour is at, and it was so inclusive, like there must've been like 40 people at this jam. Like, when do you get that? Yeah. You know, that was such a, and that was like a, that was a very rare occurrence, but that, that was another lucky instance that, that really drew me to parkour was that there was so many people. And I, I don't know, it, it just, it felt so powerful to move with a group like that and and to to meet these people and they were so positive they had such mm. good outlooks on life like it like I, I i can't stress enough how lucky i was just to be able to associate with these people and to learn from them like that parkour jam and meeting the people that i've met through parkour those are th those people are exactly the reason why i am who i am today like i I, I don't know what I would, I, I would probably be nothing without that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, I, I'm acting right now and I'm, I'm doing all, I'm doing comedy. I'm doing all these things. I wouldn't be doing any of that shit without parkour. Cause I wouldn't have believed in myself. I wouldn't have known how to uh, put intention towards something. I wouldn't have known how to progress and, and all these positive habits, the value of exercise, movement of diet, all, sleep, rest, all of these things. Like I, I would be such a different person without parkour. It, yeah damn son <laughs> boom um, that was, so to, that was so to wrap great up that was the, absolutely great yeah to drop the fucking bomb on <laughs> that one uh but let's wrap up its origin story because i've got i've got lots of other interesting stories and stuff uh I, I honestly think the the origin story is like the that that's our jumping off point but i um so i i talked to david and i i really wanted to be sponsored i was like i just want to be sponsored let me let me get sponsored come on give me the shirts give me the free shirt <laughs> free shirts baby <laughs> Give me I don't something. Have Give me clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I talked to him. And I was like, "How do I? How do I get sponsored?" And he's like, 
I have just the thing for you. And, and, and so he told me about, um, like D- David told me about this new program they were starting called the Hot Shots program. Oh, and it was for uh, it was for all the youngins who want to get sponsored. Like it was like a new step. So you got like the hot shots and then the affiliates and then the athletes. But if you started with the hot shots, then you're starting that journey. Mm. Um, and and again, to, to bring back um, th- these developmental periods of parkour, the hot shots program coincided with a group on Facebook called Youth Parkour, which was like it was a community for people all around not even just North America, like DK was in this group. It was like DK, oh, like really? Sean Batista, Luke Stones, um, Shay, Shay Sub, Subram, I, I don't know how to say his last, yeah, Sub, Submaranian, yeah. <laughs> Jay the, Shay the Submarine Man. <laughs> like, um, AJ, AJ Algerfree, like all, all of all of these people, like, um, oh, who else? I, I feel like I'm free. Oh, Martin, Martin Mills, like myself. Yeah. It, it was a place for kids to just like post clips and like ask for tips and like just, just communicate with each other. And so... I got on, I, I, I sent a submission video for this hot shots program and I, and I got in. And before that, I, I, my life was on a totally different trajectory. You know, like mm. I, I even just, con- I, I considered parkour still like a, like a casual thing. Yeah. And from that point forward, I, I dropped even more things. <laughs> I, I, you know, before when I started parkour or when I was just starting parkour, I dropped skateboarding, a bunch of other activities. But as soon as I got my first sponsorship in parkour, I was like, I don't want to go to college anymore. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I just want to do parkour. I'm just going to do parkour now. Like, frick everything else. Fuck it. I don't want anything to do with it if it's not parkour. And so I, my, the entire trajectory of my life changed at that point where I, I devoted everything to parkour. And, and so I, I went to I, – I got invited to a parkour event it was like a WFPF competition in mm-hmm. Connecticut, which is like such like a random spot to do it in. Um, but I went out there and I met a bunch of people. I met Sean Batista. I met Alfred Scott, a bunch of the other people out there. And and then I just started traveling and going to competitions. And that's kind of, that, that was the jumping off point, just getting that sponsorship with with the WFPF mm-hmm. and being like, okay, let's just, let's go, let's go full hog with this, you know? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Dude, amazing. Yeah, man, that just brings back so much of that uh, yeah just that life that's part of that era that coming of age sort of era where you're you're first discovering i mean again like i don't i think you're right like i think it's it's not necessarily going to be the same story for people coming into it now this is just a different scene a different level of maturity in each culture although there's probably still pockets where it's still like the frontier like we experienced in a way and obviously before mm-hmm. us you know people like arroyo and, and live are even participated in in certain things that you know um or even like, even, you know, I just know that, or, you know, you chase it all the way back. There's the originals like Seb and David and, you know, some of the Yamakaze guys, there's a different experience at every evolution of the, of the game. Um, and I'm definitely grateful for like where, you know, I entered and where I'm still at, but it's just, so where does that leave people who are getting into it now? Right. Like I, there, there were all these things yeah, like the hot question. shots program and all this content and stuff, but it really makes me curious. Like what's, what's being offered to like people who are starting now, like how, 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 how can you make a similar trajectory possible? Even if you're not on the same timeline, like, you know, not, not to, not to force anything necessarily, but like, how would you, how can you offer this, the same level of, opportunities to people who are are starting the sport now how, how, how can you offer them the same investment 
or or and and what is being offered to them? What are yeah. what are kids watching these days? They're watching they're watching crazy fuck. No, they're watching they're like, watching crazy shit on Instagram and watching, YouTube. Yeah, they're I mean, watching. You know, they're watching the Numa Numa dance. They're doing Fortnite dances. <laughs> and they're they're, <laughs> they're doing dance dance revolution. And you know, back in our day, we had blue waffle. Yeah, anyway <laughs> well blue waffle oh my god dude i was like what's that oh i just remembered oh my god dude i all right well i'll try to answer that even though i don't know the answer which is like i think for one there's there's a better version of some stuff that's available so the 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 thing that you were speaking to earlier, which is like the the thing that can evolve you and make you a better person and kind of help you te teach you things, that's still there. It might even be more distilled and even more uh, potent now that we have better teachers and more experience in all the communities, mm -hmm. a little more maturation. And the teachings are intertwined with with the stuff that has mass appeal as well, like store. Mm -hmm. They they do a really like I'm, I'm such a fucking big store fan, man. I'm such a little Dude. store fanboy. But they <laughs> they they intertwine the teachings of parkour in their videos in a really nice way. Yeah, that's true. So that's another thing that's newly available is like you can follow along with many of the best practitioners in the sport, even if they're not directly accessible to you in a live scenario. Which I think the live scenario is always going to be a little bit more rich, but at least it's there. And mm -hmm. similarly, you can leverage the internet in a way and the community in a way now that <clears throat> I think there is in some ways more opportunity, but obviously there's a little more saturation. So you can see what's going on in the community and you can do something crazy like, you know, si or cork manpower or whatever like what, you know, our friend in uh, France did. And instantly, by the way. instantly you're in, um, you're in a, a different, you know, sort of sphere in terms of like your your reach your influence if you you know so you can you can really help yourself grow in that way too if you're if you're trying to to do something and and make more um of a path for yourself in the sport but i think something that's true for the people that are still in it like you and me and people coming in and people that came before us is that we're still opening up all those doors you know people that are here that's kind of like what we're here for in some ways is to show people that mm -hmm. there's another thing you can do too you know you can have your own podcast you can have you know there's lots of youtubers out there that are making some success even beyond store now um with parkour and then there's whole different like, there's people that i don't even know about that are probably super successful with some kind of tertiary or even just like adjacent to parkour thing that they're doing you know we've had some people spin into different different disciplines and we've had some people you know open gyms and open facilities or become stuntmen i mean the paths are all there they're a little more clear so there's a little less risk but there's also a little less like of I guess like, you know, when it, when it comes to risk reward, it's like you might not be able to do have the kind of crazy adventure that we might have had because it's not as unknown, but you can still create, like, you know, it's still absolutely available to create a lot more unknowns and just expand the boundary of the sport because it's still very young and we're very open and receiving and receptive and inclusive of people that are doing things differently. So, yeah, I, I think there was there was a worry that the grassroots culture of parkour would be forgotten as soon as we, we began to establish ourselves more. Uh, but I still see people couch surfing and doing all that stuff. Like that's, that's the, that's the meat and potatoes with parkour. Like, yes, mm -hmm. you can do the training. Yes. You can, you, you know, you can make the videos or whatever, but what was preached at the start of, of my career and, and, and my journey in parkour that I want more people to know about 
and what, what I've been trying to, to express and to spread is like a lot of the, the value of parkour is traveling, mm. travel, going somewhere and meeting people and staying with them and, and learning from their movement styles. Like you will learn so much. You, you, you will learn more from going to an international event and meeting people and training with them than you will in an entire year of training. Mm. Like that, that stuff changes your training forever. And and if I if I could just give one piece of if, from my platform, if yeah, I could yeah. give <laughs> one get the piece soapbox of out. Here we go. Yeah, travel. <laughs> <laughs> get get out your city because there's so like your your city will also decide how you train. Like of course you've got your influences, uh, you know, videos you watch and stuff. But a lot of what influences your training, and th- this is subjective. I'm 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 speaking from a subjective point of view, but a lot a lot of what it affects your training is for one, the people you surround yourself with and, and, and their influences, but also the spots that are, that are offered in your city, mm. like, or, or, the, or the spots that you guys will frequent even like, cause I know in, in Calgary, there are some higher level, more difficult spots that you could be training at, but we would always train these like really low to the ground spots. And that kind of, that was my training realm there, mm. but you, by traveling and going to different places and seeing their spots and, and working with with those environments and different mentalities and stuff your training opens up and you like especially when you're you're in a more developmental stage of parkour and, you know scratch that even mm. all the time all the time because parkour is a constant you're always you're in a constant state of development as a human being and as a parkour athlete learning learning <laughs> from Dude, I love from many hands. people and pl- get on the tube if you need places. to <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, watch, watch the video version because i'm doing hand shit i'm doing crazy hand he's shit doing, but he's uh, communicating with his hands in a way that you need to see that's right <laughs> <laughs> you need you need to learn you need to learn from from different environments and people and diversify your inspirations and that will take your training to such a crazy crazy level mm. yeah yeah i i yeah, second that 100 percent. i think the i think like we were speaking to you know we've been speaking to there is a different it's maybe a slightly different type of individual that will benefit the most from it, it, so i think that's another reason why it's important to travel is because you got to maybe find your space like maybe the, the part of the community because the community is still like it's like the united states it's like all right well you know there's florida and then there's denver and they're not necessarily very similar. You know, obviously there's some similarities, but there's a completely different culture happening in each spot. And there's completely different mm-hmm. cultures happening around the parkour community as well. So you can find which one resonates the most with you. Because I think <clears throat> one of the things that was cool about, you know, and Rafe and on a recent episode talked about this is like in, in the early era, it was just like the fact that you were doing parkour, there were so few of us. And there's so like much that you had to have in common just to even be into the same thing was like your hand, not even your hand was stamped per se, just being there, but also you felt that real connection with anyone mm-hmm. that was there, um, no matter who they are. Now I would say there's, what's beautiful is that there's more diversity of types of individuals. So you might not connect as easily with everyone, but also we've opened the door for the people that maybe, you know, I think a lot of the people that got into it, like when you and I did, we felt like we were kind of on the fringe. We maybe weren't good at stuff like you were, or like we just didn't feel like we fit anywhere. So then we finally found this pl- space. Whereas now there's, there's people that maybe, you know, you don't have to be a super introverted, shy person to be attracted to like this space. Cause it's not so fringe. It's like, mm-hmm. it's become a little more accessible to people that don't see themselves as, you know, 
um, wanting to participate in a way that's like e extreme or even like, you know, they might just be into it for the, the, the exercise or they might be, there's all, there's all different entry points now. Whereas before mm -hmm. I think it was like, you got to be kind of a strange person to get into this. Which yeah, you like, have to or, like you have to be a fan of Assassin's Creed or like you know, maybe you know, the, or, or everybody's strange. <laughs> everybody's strange, I'd say, but you know what I mean. It's like there was a lot more. Um, there was some like gentler and just like uh, stranger, like sensitive souls. I think that came in early on, and also mm -hmm. there was like some just crazy people you know because like that's like this is the space where like the people that didn't fit into the the, pl the spaces that were more hostile could be but also there's like for hostile people <laughs> or even just like you know you, you could go out here and it was like it was okay because um everyone was so accepting i don't know it's very interesting I, and that's i wasn't where, even that's where i found parkour being similar to like comedy because like comedy has got so many weirdos in it it's Dude. like it's, it's all another the, the space, rejects right? and the weird kids. Yeah, it's it's another it, that that's another kind of meritocracy. Mm. It, it, you know, it, it it's a place where you know you're you are measured based off of your your merits or whatever, but also your whatever socially whatever. But uh, it, mm. it, it's also a place where people are confronting their fears and and are trying to improve. So that I mm. I I just saw a parallel there in in talking about that. And um, you know, there are there are certain you know inherent risks that come with bringing together so many weirdos but like yeah. i don't know with with parkour parkour is so and of course everyone listening to this already knows parkour everyone knows the benefits and whatever but yeah, yeah. To, you know to beat a dead horse like parkour is such a, a strong bonding force like it, sure it's it's good to have a community it's good to have people you connect and relate to um it's good to have some sort of central factor to tie us all together but to have something like parkour where there's so many there were so many or there is so many good values being taught and there's there it's got just such a good fundamental core to it it's it's not just a bunch of weirdos doing something weird it's it's weirdos doing weird things learning about themselves bettering themselves mm. and being healthy about it yeah you know yeah no I, I i love what you're saying there yeah because it's like it's not just being weird it's not at all it's actually being more not normal because i don't like that word but it's like it's being more natural it's actually like you're fucking weird society in a way that's like i think we were truly onto something and, and i think anyone that gets into like some of these fringe activities i think life and like you know whatever the cosmos has these kind of like cyclical patterns and things and so there's stagnancy and and just toxicity and just uh disgusting complacency shit complacency yeah just it's it's yeah. it's just not living at certain stages especially in the mainstream it's just like what the fuck are these people doing like this is not living and i think what you're touching to and speaking to is like we actually found like oh this is living this is a space where mm. life is happening again and and i think like yeah you can say it's weird but actually it's like no you're weird like this is sick what yeah. you guys are doing we're doing something that's like actually makes sense and yeah. um well, but completely opens up the world for you yeah yeah no and it, i love that um Go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I, uh, that it just, you brought up a thought that like, uh, that really excited me because I, I've heard this from, it, it might've been your own, your own Erkin, who I'm, I'm pretty sure you've had on the your podcast, own. total legend. Yeah. Love him. Your own. <laughs> um, it, it was either him or Drew Taylor or both of them. Cause they're, they're both friends of mine. And, and I think both of them at some point in my life have talked to me about how, how revolutionary parkour is in terms of, how you are viewing an urban space because mm -hmm. urban spaces 
especially these days, especially these hyper-modernized urban spaces are so one use. Mm. It's, you know, go up these stairs, use this handrail, walk this direction, go on this side, you know, blah, 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 blah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's actually kind of insane how forced our, how forced the function of a space can be. Right. And, 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 you know, a bench is for sitting, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and this is for that. And this is for that. And then parkour takes an urban environment and it turns it into a canvas again, beating the dead, being a dead horse with these, you know, parkour mm-hmm. platitudes, but you know, it, 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 you're able to take a, you're, you're able to take an urban space <laughs> and turn it into a canvas and your body is the brush. Like, yeah, and, like, oh my God. Like, and it's like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> fucking, you're gonna make me cry, bro. No, I love that though, for real. It's true, it's true though. It's yeah, fucking you're, true. You're, you're and questioning, you get to question these, these, these spaces, and you get to use them in so many other ways. And and it 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 flips these urban spaces on their heads in a way that, like, who are you to tell me which way to walk? You know? Yeah. What if I want to jump across these? What if I want to walk across this rail? Just do it. Yeah. No, it's you know? liberation, man. And it's like rebellious. Like Tom Taylor again spoke to this our friend Tom, it's like, we're not accepting this, what's spoon fed into society. And it's like the very nature of it. And I think this is something he was really passionate about. And I loved is just the very nature of it by, by repurposing what's, you know, in people's intended use for these things, you're, you're, you're protesting in a way, or not, maybe not protesting, but you're at least questioning. It is. You're questioning it is movement. and you're opening up a, a like protest. a whole, yeah, that's, that's a crucial part of what parkour offers is like, the ability to question what's being fed to you and the ability to question mm-hmm. like the purpose behind things. And that is very empowering. And, um, and I want to hear more about like how you, um, how you relate that to comedy, because again, I, I think there's interesting things happening again with this crossover between parkour practitioners and people that want to perform in other ways with their, you know, other instruments, not just their jumping feet and ankles and whatever, but their voices mm-hmm. and stuff, because, <clears throat> I did a stand-up showcase, a student showcase recently for the first time, oh, and I'm stoked no and like and it's just dipping my toe in this direction. And yeah. um, Seb, I don't know if you saw Seb Foucault actually did his first stand-up so- student showcase. He posted no on shit. a story recently, and so I don't like that is almost in a weird way, like just I don't know. I just find it fascinating that someone would also want to, because I think what you talked about is like, it's people trying to advance and grow themselves and face fears maybe. And, and so can you tell, tell me more about that and what drew you into comedy and how that, how that journey is going? Yeah. I, again, like with, with, with anything that I've found any like deep value in, I've always been drawn to it at first in such a weird superficial way. Mm. Like, <laughs> I've kind of, I've, I've capitalized on my, my shallow on, on whatever, sense, yeah, my shallowness or I'm like really your, capitalized on my shallowness. You're not, yeah. You're, I mean, Hey, you got to use it somehow. Mastery yeah. of the shadow. Right. <laughs> and of course, of course I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a human being with depth and things like that, but I've also, you know, as a human being, I've also got shallow qualities. And one of them is like, uh, you know, I, I was drawn to parkour cause I wanted to be cool. I was, mm-hmm. and, and I wanted to fit in and I, I, I was drawn to com to comedy cause I listened to Joe Rogan. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I uh, I had a, a mentorship with uh, with Jason Paul, and you know he would send me podcasts to listen to, and books to read, and web articles, and videos to watch, and stuff. And one time he sent me, 
he must have sent me Tim Ferriss. He sent me Tim Ferriss. I got into Tim Ferriss for a bunch of years and um, biohacking and things like that. And oh, yeah. um, that that shaped a lot of who I am. That 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 mentorship with Jason Paul. And we can we can also put a pin in that. But because yeah. um, I've 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 talked I've talked about that to death on many podcasts. If you want if you want to hear about, it, I can talk about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he 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 also I think he must have also sent me a Joe Rogan episode or or somehow I was referred to Joe Rogan through mm-hmm. that. And um, I just I, I really enjoyed his long form conversations and. I noticed that my favorite episodes were when he would bring comedians on mm-hmm. and they had such an interesting perspective. And I liked their, their inside baseball talk and talking about um, j- just the ins and outs of comedy and things like that. And, and them talking about the ins and outs made comedy seem attainable because mm. I've always been a, I, I, I wouldn't say I've always been funny, but I've always been attracted to funny things. And I, I've always, seen life through a lens of humor and i i think that there is there is room for humor in anything pretty much anything um and and so tapping into that and hearing all these comedians talk about it 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 really made me think i was like okay so they they are to an extent doing exactly what we're doing in parkour they're facing their fears they're progressing there's a there's a craftsmanship to it where um there is the solo pursuit of writing and then there's also you know, they're going up and performing and the only way to improve at it is to go up and do it. Put it yourself so out it's, there, yeah. it's, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's all, it's all about doing it. It's all about overcoming yourself. And I thought to myself one day, like, you know, what, what am I going to do after parkour? And that, that's, that's a thought for a lot of athletes. And that's, mm. that's a tough question to answer, especially if, if you're a person who has dumped their entire life into it. I, I gave, you were all in, like we talked about, parkour. you're yeah. like, and all th- in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm <laughs> All in. Chips in, bitch. Yeah, I'm, I'm on there. Like, oh shit. <laughs> I, like, Hope I don't get to the wayside. I even like, I even grew my hair out to like an afro so girls wouldn't talk to me because I'm busy training. Don't talk to me. I'm fucking training. All right. Don't, don't talk to me or my afro ever again. <laughs> Step aside, yeah. chicks. I'm, I'm training parkour right I'm now. I'm training. I can't, I can't party with you. I'm drinking water and doing chin ups. You know. Here, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. So, so I, um, I, I thought to myself, what, what do I do after parkour? And that, that's, that's always been a, a really tough question for me. And, um, af- after I met David and David, you know, David from the WFPF and mm-hmm. Robbie Corbin, and all those guys, they're based out of LA and the, the accessible path for parkour or life after parkour is to go to stunts. Mm. Um, I don't like stunts. Stunts are scary. <laughs> I don't- I don't. Well, like, that's I'll, a I'll little bit of a, like a weird analogy because what is because what I want to ask you is like what do you mean after parkour? Because why yeah. after parkour? You know what does after parkour yeah. exactly mean? Because I think what you're talking to is like a, there's a, it could mean a lot of different things for a lot of people, which means like mm-hmm. I think for some people it's hey I you know I hit my peak I think I've done everything I like could ever really want to do, and I've hit all the check boxes that I like need to hit. And now it's like, maybe I'll continue to move, but I'm not trying to get better anymore or I don't have any goals mm-hmm. in parkour anymore. Other people, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm my moving or whatever. It's just part of movement. So it's like stunts doesn't really fit into that because now you're even probably more likely to get injured almost than ever. And your body, yeah, because you know, some people it's like, well, when my body gives out, that's when parkour ends for me. And it's like, well, stunts yeah. maybe, I don't know. So tell me what your, what your thoughts are on that. So that that's really that's actually really fascinating that you say that because yeah I, it, it is kind of a vague thing to tell yourself because what is what is after parkour? Mm. Um, I, I for for myself I imagined after parkour was like if my body is too old and rickety to move, but like I see I see athletes who are like mid thirties, their forties, and they're still doing it. So 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 what does that mean? I I, I guess 
I guess life after parkour means like, okay, after, after I've done all the things that I wanted to do, which I have, mm -hmm. I, w w where do I now set my goal setting? Where, where, where do I direct my goal setting matrix? This, this, this idea of setting a goal and achieving it in life, mm -hmm. this thing that pulls you forward as opposed to being, um, and, and, and there, there is, there is value to not having goals and to finding pleasure in daily existence, of course. But, um, you know, with a goal, with the goal setting matrix, like where, where am I setting this now? Mm. And, you know, I, I still do have goals in parkour. Like I really want to, I want to, I want to be on commentary for, for NAPC this year. But <laughs> yo, yeah. yo, Rez, Tom, if you're listening, Look at that fucking energy well, right know. here. We got this. They know, man. They know. <laughs> I work. I still. I work at Origins. I know. So I, I want to do it too, man. That's week. one of the funnest things in the world. I think is uh, commentary for a big event like NAPC. Oh my god, it's fun, man. So I want to. I want to do that. But I um, I, I was curious where where I would what I would aspire to next. And you know, stunts was an option, but stunt scares me. That you know, there's there's so much infighting. It's very territorial. It's so it's very tribal. Um, and that. I, I don't want to be a part of that. I've had a couple of negative experiences with um, stunts and, and stunt coordinators and things like that. Mm. Um, and, and I can, I can speak more to that if, if we want to talk about how parkour brought me to acting, but just to, to talk about, to, to bring it back to comedy, like I, I wanted, I, I wanted a place to face my fears daily. Like I do with parkour, mm. say, say with parkour, I've reached a point in my practice or what I'm doing doesn't scare me anymore because there is that value of um, acknowledging your fear, overcoming your fear. Um, I think, I think even, I think Dylan might've, might've posted something about um, overcoming fear. He had a really nice checklist for that. Like mm. um, I, I forget where, where he posted that. I think, I think it was Dylan. Um, and just the, the, the value of overcoming your fear and acknowledge, acknowledging it, um, not doing away with it, but acknowledging what are you afraid of? What do you have control over in these circumstances? Say you're afraid to go for a jump. Why are you afraid of it? You're afraid you're going to go too far. Have you like, like, are, are you afraid you're going to undershoot it? Have you practiced your bounce backs, your undershooting techniques? You, you, you cover all of these, these variables to the point where, okay, I have no reason to not do this. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I want to, I want some sort of fear practice in my life always. Um, so Comedy is really good for that because it makes me shit myself. Comedy is terrifying. <laughs> oh my god! I, oh my god! Like I, <laughs> I, I have a hard time doing it sober. Like I, I will drink before I do it, or I will smoke weed, and and those end up making me do worse. <laughs> like so, so Dude, it, yeah. It's, the it's, first it's time new... I did an open mic, I got hammered because I was like. <laughs> same reason i was like i did an open mic i would i was like in the way you just said like breaking it down it was like okay what i can do is i can go to an open mic i'm not gonna sign up i'm just gonna go there that yep, was like yep. I, I had to take it to that level and then i went there and i think you know again this is the story as old as stand-up is but it's just like once you go to your first open mic you see how bad everyone is it kind of yep. empowers you to be like well if these people can all eat dick on stage I can maybe do the same, especially after it's a couple in front of beers. Of strangers, there's nothing to yeah. lose. Yeah, like, yeah. what, what, what do you really have to lose when you're doing it, man? Yeah. And that, that, is, that is funny. I, I have kind of a similar origin story with comedy, but um, oh my god. So, so everyone listening to this, of, of course, like, drugs are dangerous. Yeah. Um, hey. You know, do at your own risk. Like, make make sure you do as much research as possible before doing any kind of a drug and realize what you're doing, set and setting, blah, 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 blah. But I did acid before doing. My, <laughs> oh shit. Before going Yo, to my first comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> That's, why that's the next that's level, dude. Discovered. Oh my god, man! I do not. <laughs> so, yeah. social. So I, I, dude, yeah, tell me about yeah. that. Okay. 
so I, I had just moved into a new place with, with, uh, with, with my best friend, Jovi. And instead of, you know, when you move in somewhere, you know, you crack open a beer and you're like, ah, we did it. But like th this time, this time you're we like, let's do acid. So we did acid and just explored our neighborhood. And I had decided that that was going to be the first day that I at least go and try to do it mm -hmm. or, or, or watch a show. Mm -hmm. And so we did our little acid adventure and, you know, ran around and, you know, stared at slugs and, and, you know, laughed at beach chairs and things like that. And then eventually we adventured our way over to this comedy club. <laughs> and so I, I met, I met this one guy. Do, do you know the magic school bus? The, the show like, from the, 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 the cartoon? 90s? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Miss Frizzle. So I met this guy who was, he was a, he was an animator for the magic school bus. Legend. Um, <laughs> So, and, and and we had this wacky conversation. Like, I think he was just like a fan of comedy or something. And he had like a, he, he had an iron, like an iron Brussels sprout in his pocket. And he, he was like, do you want to hold this? So I was like, okay. And so I hold this and I give it back to him. I'm like, okay, so I'm, in, I'm in like, I'm, I'm, I'm so high on acid. This weird shit's kind of happening. And I end up like, I don't know. I'm, I'm in this like weird state of mind and I'm sitting front, all of a sudden I'm sitting front row at this, this comedy show at like yuck yucks. And oh, shit. I'm watching, I'm watching this show happening. I'm fucking front row. And I'm like, I'm drinking this, this, like, I'm, I'm probably drinking some non-alcoholic beverage. I'm like chewing the ice, which is already bad enough. Cause the comedians up there can hear that shit. They're, you know? <laughs> like it's, it's, it's not as quiet as you think it is. Like the comedians can hear everything. So I'm like loudly crunching ice and shit. Mm. And something about the acid really fucked with my impulse control. And I was, I was like, I was mid thought. I was like, it would be so funny if I spat an ice cube on the, Oh fuck. I just did it. And then, oh my like, God. It out of my mouth. <laughs> and I, I, I spat an ice cube on the stage and I start freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, like I've introduced a slipping hazard to the stage. Everyone's going to see, like I'm going to get kicked out of here. And uh, the comedian, and Andrea Jin, she's, she's a total legend. She was hosting that night. Um, and uh, she just looks down at the ice cube and then looks up at me. I was like, ah. but that was my first experience with comedy. It was such like a wild, like ride that night. <laughs> no doubt, dude. Oh my God. That is a, yeah. definitely a, a wild entry point. I can't. Yeah, I can't say that I um, can compare mine. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> so I, I keep it. I, I like to keep it a little bit wild with comedy. Like I, I, I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of written material and things like that. Um, but the comedians who I enjoy, um, there's some local ones who I enjoy, like Dino Archie. I work, I work with him on a on a podcast, and uh, him and I have our have our own uh, internet show that we do together. But people like Bobby Lee, mm -hmm. um, Theo Vaughn. Um, a bunch of those other people. I'm inspired by pretty gang, much gang. any of those big LA comics. Yeah, gang, gang, baby. <laughs> so, I I love their chaos. Like, what's funny isn't necessarily what they're saying; it's how they're existing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, like, I, I like to kind of go up on stage and bring the chaos. You know? I love that, man. Yeah, no, it's yeah. definitely that's another thing that. Yeah, I mean, I just think there are so many comparisons with it, and I think. Parkour, in a way, what I, have, I thought earlier was like parkour is this way to open up all the doors for yourself as a mover. Like, mm -hmm. make you it gives you it, it takes your body and makes it into like a weaponized body in a way, or like a thing that is just like so much more capable than the average person. And it turns your body into a vessel of enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think the 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 comedian in the same way that you were kind of speaking to earlier is like this figure that in society has a whole different level of access to self-expression that is unavailable to almost anyone else. You know, there's other speakers, mm -hmm. but ultimately the speaker that we, you know, allow to say anything that's on their mind is the comedian. And it's the mm -hmm. only kind of figure in our, in our culture, modern culture that has like complete liberation. You know, obviously 
we have a whole cancel culture thing happening and blah, blah, blah. Like that's a big part of the conversation. You know, we are always going to be figuring that out probably, but mm-hmm. still when it comes to freedom, freedom of body, parkour offers that freedom of speech, you know, obviously the constitution or whatever guarantees you a certain amount, but really the people that have it are the comedians. That's something that I noticed was like, wow, these are the guys that can really say anything and people mm-hmm. will, will listen still. They're not going to just like, so I think there's, um, there's two things happening there, but I love that. Yeah. I just love that there's a fear and a self-expression and a, you know, whatever it, it's definitely well, it, terrifying. It also ties like, into like, it, t- it ties into the, the, the practice of parkour being, you taking a, a, a single use urban space and using it in a different way and turn, turning an urban space into a multifaceted playground of enjoyment. It's the same thing with comedy. You're, oh, yeah, you're taking, yeah. you're taking the linear nature of conversation, the linear nature of talk this way, don't talk this way, think this way, blah, blah, blah. You're taking, you're taking the linear nature of that and you're adding your own perspective and your own questions. And again, you're, you're turning this linear place into another multifaceted playground of, of everybody's enjoyment. And 100%. that's like the, the, the humor of, of, of the parkour content at the, t- at the time that I started, that was also what drew me to parkour. Like mm. I was, I was never fully in parkour just for the movement. Like I, I liked store not for their big jumps or, or for anything like that. I liked their like BTS videos and all <laughs> yeah. the, the goofy shit. I oh like, yeah. I like Brooks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Brooks. Like, <laughs> for fuck's sake, dude. Fucking, Brooks, man. Yeah. Like oh, those were some of their biggest the episodes. No, that's a very important thing you're pointing to. Yeah, it's like, I think that's, again, why, you know, a parkour athlete might resonate super abundantly with this kind of transition. If you're like, what do you want to do with after parkour, whatever that means to you, is like, we're very creative, very self-expressive. Whereas like, you know, an NFL athlete or someone like that might also have like these very extreme dopamine pathways, you know, or like where they've been, they've been really challenging themselves and pushing themselves, but it's kind of a different approach because it's it's teamwork it's much more maybe rigid and disciplined and sort of Mm -hmm. structured whereas you know there's not this open canvas kind of uh idea that that happens in there's there's so many requirements with parkour or sorry with uh with hockey there's so many requirements with hockey like you you, i love how it's hockey i say football but you're like canadian (laughs) so you're like hockey (laughs) hockey man it's hockey so canuck in this The other, um, you know, with, with so many other sports, there's so many prerequis- prerequisites for you to enjoy. Like, of course, with soccer, all you need is a ball and a net. But, like, you know, if, if you're going to do it at a high level, you need people with you. And you, you need you need this and that. And you need the ice. And the air has got to be a temperature. And you need all the equipment and stuff. And parkour is just just do it, you know? get yeah. put, put some shoes on and go do it. Go do that you know? shit. So you're performing on the regular now with uh, stand-up on the regs or? on the regs. Yeah. Oh shit. On the regs. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm funny enough. I'm doing the same kind of approach that I did at the start of parkour where, um, I started by doing it once a week and uh-huh. I knew that I would, I would start to do it twice a week and then three times a week is where things really changed for me. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in that in-between stage right now. Like I'm doing uh, one to three or one, one to two spots a week right now, sometimes two in the same night. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, you know, if, if, that space opens up for me and if i decide to apply myself more and and do it that three times a week i think that's where that shift happens where um you know you're that that constant practice and that constant self-reflection so i forget what the question is but yeah i i do <laughs> i do see that as a new as another um, avenue another avenue and i i actually had a funny tangent come up with 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 what you're saying about you know 
people having these established dopamine pathways. Uh, it, it's kind of the same with parkour. Like you've you've opened up this door for yourself. You've you found out that you can enjoy life this way. Where, whereas like maybe before parkour, you didn't realize that pleasure can be derived from fear. You mm. you, you you know there was you might have regarded your body in a different way. Yada yada yada. But all these doors that you've opened up through parkour, those doors stay open. And and those those paths and those cycles will find ways to perpetuate themselves potentially mm-hmm. again i'm speaking from a subjective point of view this is not this is not factual knowledge I, I feel <laughs> he's like not a doctor ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> i'm not a doctor this is not <laughs> this I, is not I've financial done... or medical advice or whatever that's right fuck but i've done parkour for 12 years okay <laughs> but he's done parkour I'm, I'm, I'm... so he knows a little right. bit <laughs> and i and i sometimes tell jokes but um <laughs> those <laughs> those those uh those pathways stay open and you and, and you will travel down that way and and that that's where you know life after parkour gets really interesting you see so many people go into you see, you see so many people who have pursued parkour to their fullest extent whatever that means for them mm. whatever that means for you people who have dumped their entire the entirety of themselves into parkour almost always end up doing some kind of interesting shit after you know mm. or or even on the on the side as they're doing it like you know, to, to bring up one example, which is like a really um, controversial one is Tim Sheep. Like, look at look at Tim Sheep. He's gone and just become a fascinating person. <laughs> it's just like, like, what are you doing, Tim? But at the same time, it's like, all right, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely love seeing people like Tim. Like, what mm-hmm. is happening with him? Because, yeah, for me, it's like the person is the most interesting part about all this equation, right? The person that yeah. did parkour is still the thing that I'm interested in, not just the movement. And mm-hmm. so Tim, you know, and he was on the podcast recently and we Yo. caught up a little bit on on some of the things that he's been up to and working on. And obviously, yeah, he's in a very different direction now, but he's still the kind of person that jumps two feet all in and just blazes like a crazy trail. And he's been like on a crazy journey throughout that time. And I was thinking about this this morning because I think that that's a really cool thing that actually I, you know, I'm sort of an advocate for and I want to keep or I want to maybe promote if I, I don't really give a fuck about promoting things typically, but thing that I like about our culture or I hope that will will be a part. I don't even know that it is, is that ability to make a transition and go into something and still be a part of this sort of. I don't want to say I do want to say fraternity, even though I don't like that word because of like. But it is, it is. It is kind of a fraternity yeah, or, you know, so it's like. I like that we are, I, I wouldn't, I would like to, in my mind, Tim's still part of that brotherhood and, mm-hmm. and I don't care that he's not jumping around and shit. I like, I'm just interested in him. Whereas there's other sports where I feel like they've kind of eaten their own. And we even see it in parkour when Tim jumped into a different domain, people are like, Oh fuck this guy now. And it's just like, you know, I guess dude, but like, didn't he give you enough? Like, didn't he fucking yeah, do yeah. enough for you in this, in this world? Like now he wants to do yeah. something else. Like, I don't and know. And I was like, weird. don't leave. Don't do other things. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare ah, you? How dare and, you enjoy uh, life in other ways? Yeah. Well, and I think it's hard <laughs> no. enough when you're like going through that phase because at least for me, and this is now a very, you know, subjective kind of anecdote is like, for me, it's hard enough when you don't, when you find yourself falling out of love with the thing that you love so much. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm like, I've, you know, I still have a love for parkour, but my relationship has definitely changed. And, um, mm. certainly I don't know if I would describe it as after parkour now, but in a way I am like, you know, I'm in a different stage than what I was for sure. And it's hard enough, like doing that transition will just like on its own. And then for people to like jump on your back and shit all you shit on you for it. 
is like not that anyone did that for me but i just you know i don't know that tim even gives a fuck but you know what i mean it's just yeah, like and, and he, it's just and he like it's he it, it's probably hard for him to like not do this anymore if it was you know or maybe it isn't but for me it was like a little bit of a hard thing to kind of like realize that this wasn't it for me this is like mm -hmm. i went all in and now i want to go in different directions you know as well mm -hmm. as i stay involved in this community but that's another thing that's beautiful i think when we talk about the um you know what's available to the the up and coming practitioner or the new practitioner it's like there's also an ability now to not have to go all in to get yeah. rewards like we're seeing like okay you can see that seb's still around at 45 and mm -hmm. he's still doing things it's like you don't there's no rush like you don't have to like fucking jump all in if that's not you and there still might be mm -hmm. a lot for you here but um but anyways like you don't have to be doing cast foals at like at, at 45 you know to, to, <laughs> yeah, to enjoy exactly. parkour yeah. So well, the yeah, the the barrier the barrier to enjoyment kind of changes as as your uh, perspective on parkour grows. Like the my 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 enjoyment for parkour used to come from going to events, and it, it used to come from doing dope videos and you know getting 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 homies together and trying to do our dopest edit and trying to you know learn new hard tricks and stuff like that. Whereas like you know as as you grow in parkour and and as your perspective changes on it, like I've I've kind of shifted into a a more just like trying to find new ways to grow, not, not necessarily in flips, which was my flips were my focus for 10 years. Like I was, I was Mr. Flow. I was, I was the guy who not, not the guy, but like I, <laughs> my, my focus was, you know, the more dancey, airy light style of parkour, which potentially could, might, might be why I've had so much longevity in the sport is because mm -hmm. it was so low impact. And I think there, there's some value in that. Um, but it, you're, you're, parkour has so many different avenues for enjoyment it doesn't just have to be you don't, you don't have to make an art emotion submission every year to to have fun with it you can just go go outside and and work on rail precisions or some shit like that you know work yeah. on your balance but and balance but like parkour, balance you know parkour has got so many different uh avenues for enjoyment that like it it does it doesn't matter whether you are fully excelling at the most marketable or 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 highest level of of the sport it's mm. it's literally just you bet being better than you were this morning that's what i, I heard toby say that in a recent story video and i that that very that that resonated with me a lot it's not it's not even being better than you were yesterday it's literally just being better than you were this morning yeah yeah good yeah that's a nice quote um mm. So speaking of that, because you kind of mentioned how you're, we talked about this, we put a pin in it earlier. What is your thoughts on having that long career arc, um, that like staying power or even just like continued interest? And yeah, just what what were you putting a pin in before? Do you remember when we talked about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, um, <laughs> so th th this also comes from a shallow place. <laughs> I'm learning anything from, from this conversation is I'm a tremendously shallow person, but I, <laughs> um, par part of my longevity in parkour was just making it a war of attrition. Like I just wanted to be the person training the longest out of all my friends. Cause I love parkour so much. Mm. And, and, and may maybe, maybe I held that in my head in some way and maybe that influenced me in another way, but I, I think a lot of my longevity and training, like I'm, I'm, I'm reaching year 12. I'm, I'm 26. I just turned 26 and I've, I've, I still feel like I've got so much to do in, or, or, or so, so much more time in the sport. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And you I think just entered your prime, bro. I did. I, I actually feel like I did. The like prime I, has I, begins. Kind of, 
this is an old yeah, like kind of inside years. this is an old inside joke that I've had with like uh some of the guys from Colorado or actually not but some of the guys from that I know out here and around we talked about the prime being like we looked it up one day and it was like oh your a man's athletic prime is from 26 to 31 so dude you just started bro yes go. you just started let's go <laughs> I, I I resonate with that man like I I think aside from the last I've been injured for about four weeks. I fell on my foot. I was being stupid and cocky. And uh, I, but before that, I honestly think from my own perspective, I've been doing doper shit than I've ever been doing. Oh, and yeah. parkour is not even my focus. I just do it because I like it now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to gain followers. I'm not yeah. trying to, I'm not trying to be in a compilation. I'm not trying to get into a competition and I'm still like the the level is still going and I'm still so happy with what I'm doing. Um, and I think a lot of that is because of dis- disentangling my my happiness with the level of parkour that I'm doing, which in some kind of a weird backwards way has raised the level of parkour that I've done. But to bring yeah, it back yeah, to the, yeah. the no, subject No, it's just of- like, it's, is it, well, let me ask you, but it sounds like it's just like you're, you know, you enter it from the shallow position maybe, or like even just maybe like an insecure position you could call this, or like, I need to have it. Like you, you, mm. you twist up and you intermesh your self-worth, your sense of self-worth with your ability to do parkour and that becomes like this fuel to make you good. But then eventually you realize that's what's holding you back is Mm -hmm. that attachment to that. And yeah, anyhow, that's, that's what, that's what held me back from some of my greatest opportunities in parkour was, was me enmeshing my own value with only with what I'm doing in parkour, with only the moves that I'm doing with only the the videos I'm making, the people I'm hanging out with. Like, Mm. I, my, my personal value of myself was so entangled with that, that it was so easy to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. It was so, <laughs> when, when your, when your self-worth is entangled in something that is so variable, when your when your when your self-worth is entangled with mm. one thing that can change from one day to the next your self-worth will always be in a state of fluctuation and always unstable. And like, for, for example, my, like I, I used to, I used to struggle a lot with, with having a weird style. Mm. Like I, I, I've, I've always just been like a, like a weird dude, you know, just like, a, <laughs> like a weird, a weird person. Even in parkour amongst the weird, he's weird, man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like the shit that inspired me in parkour like of course there was there's parkour athletes and shit that inspired me but like i'm inspired parkour wise by yo-yo i'm inspired <laughs> by like skiing i'm inspired by like all these weird little things that that like that that is what makes that that those influences will be what makes you a unique athlete mm. and and that weird wacky style of training where like, <laughs> I remember, uh, not, not, not to, I, I, I won't say who said it because he's a friend of mine, but, uh, just in passing, he, he, he was, he's been really encouraging, but he, he said to me that my style was, um, disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. It's just disappointing, like, man. Like, like it, it, my, my style was like one long, like my, the lines that I would post were like one long build up to nothing. <laughs> oh shit. He didn't, he didn't say, he didn't say, he didn't say it. He, that, that second part was kind of what, what, what it, felt like he was implying, but he called it disappointing though. <laughs> oh my God, dude. That's funny. But I got it. I, I get it though. Cause like, I liked to make lines 
of just transitions. Mm. You know, like I'm not going to do three butt rolls in a, in a row because fuck that. But, <laughs> like, you know, I'll do like a I'll do I don't know. I, I'm down to do a whole line of, of transitions and, and shit like that. That that was fun to me. And mm. because of how low impact some of that stuff was, I also did high impact stuff. I really like high drops, <laughs> which hey. shout out the podcast. <laughs> shout out. Um, like I. I, I used to, I, I used to always, I, I used to also like, you know, just doing like a 10 foot drop off something and, you know, landing and not rolling that, that shit's fun. But, um, <laughs> but, but a lot of my, my training was so low to the ground, all the obstacles I was interacting with things I was jumping off, nothing was like higher than like five feet, mm-hmm. you know, all mm-hmm. these spots that I, that I would choose to move at, um, that, that shaped that, that contributed to shaping my movement identity. Um, a lot of these spots were close to the ground, compact. And a lot of them wouldn't even be considered spots. Like these places that I enjoy doing my, my disappointing (laughs) lines of all transitions. Like I called them non-spots. Like I I really like a non-spot, like a weird little feature. Like I I remember one time I went to Denver and and checked out cat fountain and I was like, I can't do anything here. Dude, I don't (laughs) know what it is, dude. I've got the touch of the weird too. I'm like, I don't, I've never been a big fan of cat fountain. Nah. <clears throat> Sorry, it's, it, it's it's too it's too I don't know it's just it's too obvious. The walls are thin. <laughs> the walls are thin. Obvious. The walls are thin, and it's like there's actually not that much you can do there because it, it's just like it looks like there's lots to do, but it's of course you can go fucking whatever which way you want, but yeah, I don't I don't like it when it's like in your face, like all right, well I guess I'll do the fucking yeah. one jump that I should do here. And, I'll do um, the IMAX cat pass. <laughs> I do like know? IMAX, but yeah, that one's yeah. like also yeah, that was a bad example. That one, well, no, but I know, but there's a lot of reasons not to like it because it is like, it's hard to have fun at a spot where you just like, it's it's you know you got to put everything out of your mind that you know has gone down there. If it's gonna mm-hmm. be in, uh, if it you know some people it might help them, other people it's gonna get in their way of just like, man, I feel like I have to, you know, do something big here or like I just don't you know. It, I don't, I won't feel good if I can't do this thing because I know like it's easy because lots of people have done it, whatever. There's so much information sometimes at a spot like that. It's hard to like find your own relationship with it. And it's informational o- over overload. Like yeah. there's, there's two, there's, there's the, you know, you can, you can do the, the set sequence here. You can, you can do the, the thing that everyone has done and you can do yeah, the, yeah. the rite of passage, the manpower gap, you know, yeah. the, the IMAX cat pass, yeah. but like, there's also so many possibilities that it's just overwhelming. Like yeah. I, I, what I enjoy more than, you know, have having a, a globally recognized spot where the possibilities are endless. Like I, <laughs> I like, I like a little non-spot. I like a, a trash can and a pole <laughs> and, a, and a slant wall where like in, in, instead of all of these possibilities where I have to pick something, Yeah. I want, I kind of want the environment to pick it for me. Yeah, you yeah. know, I with, with with a non-spot or 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 a unique feature, any I, I I call them features these days. Like if I if I see like maybe like a a concrete barrier that's a little shorter and mm-hmm. close to a wall, or or just like a weird slant to a wall or or something like like a feature. What what a like a a a feature will marry itself to your movement perspective, and it will tell you what to do there. Mm-hmm. A, a a non-spot you can listen to a, yeah. a non-spot will talk to you. Whereas, uh, a, 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 an internationally recognized spot, there's so many voices and histories and possibilities. It's hard to hear any one thing. Yeah. It, it's so overwhelming because you could just sit there and imagine a thousand lines and yeah. that's fun. 
right? And and you could you could try it, and but yeah. there's, there's just so many possibilities. But with the non-spot, it will tell you how to use it. Mm. You know? Yeah, I do know exactly what you mean. I love it. Yeah, I think there's and there's always space for both, right? It's like you might be feeling like going to IMAX one day, and it's like fuck yeah, dude. I wanted like I want that. I want all the voices, mm. and I want to like fucking see where i'm at inside of that equation i want to add my voice i want to add my voice to this this. i want to be a part of a symphony or yeah there's another place where you know you're like that's too much or you know it just it can depend on the type of mover you are it can depend on what kind of mood you're in it can depend Mm -hmm. on the day and everything else or the group around you it depends on everything but it's it's definitely a trap to think that it it has to be one or the other or any one way you Mm know um Mm -hmm. yeah that that's um that form of of outlook on a spot um, a lot of that wisdom was imparted to me by Jason Paul, who, who I had this mentorship with. Oh, yeah, tell he, me about that mentorship. One of, one of, I guess that you've talked about it before, you said, on other places, mm-hmm. but this is the first I've heard. So, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give you the clip. You have like an it. official so, mentorship with a, you know, obviously a legend in park in, you know, Jason Paul. Yeah, I, I, up up until maybe a year after I I had traveled with them and made videos with them and stuff, I I modeled myself after Team Frank. They were they were the they were who I wanted to be. I wanted to be Pasha. I, I wanted to be Jason. Like they, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be Zen, which was funny enough that they all ended up being on the same team. <laughs> wow. I was so, and even Valtteri, I was into Valtteri. Anyway, but I, I, I wanted to be team Farang, you know, yeah. and I, I was, I was so like, just the way that they moved, the way that they saw the world, the videos they created, they were so cool to me and stuff and, mm-hmm. and still are in, in a lot of ways. And, and, I I followed their content so closely and I saw one day that Jason had done uh, an interview with with something or someone and he talked about how he was interested in music production. This was back in 2014. Um, I was into making hip hop beats back then because I was hanging with a group of friends and we would like smoke weed, make beats and shit like that. And that was fun. Um, and and I I was really into networking. Um, I, 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 I was such a little networker. That was like, that was part of my, that, that was a big part or is a big part of my success in parkour is like, I'm such a little like Weasley networker. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like and, and I, I, I honestly don't think that there is a, like, I, I, I think that networking is, is something that doesn't necessarily belong in parkour because it's such a grassroots thing. And parkour is this genuine, uh, sharing of movement, this meritocracy of, 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 of movers. Um, and I actually think that this networking muscle of mine belongs better in acting. So that, that's where I've kind of put that kind of stuff. Oh, interesting. Like, I, I think that belongs better there. And I, I always, I always felt a little bit weird about, um, how, how into networking I was, but I, I, I networked with, with Jason Paul and I wanted to talk. I, I wanted to just talk to him. I wanted to be his friend. My goal was to be friends with team Frank. I wanted to hang out with him just once in my life. Mm-hmm. That, that was it. That was my whole goal. <laughs> and, and so I, I messaged Jason. I talked to him a little bit about, um, hip hop beats and, you know, talk, 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 talk. And eventually, um, he, he sent me one or two things to like watch because I was just this little, I was this kid and, you know, talking to him randomly over the internet. And, um, you know, as a, as, as a public figure, sometimes you have this, uh, this duty to pass on maybe like one or two things. Like say if someone messages you, like help me with my gainer. Like, okay. Yeah, I'll give yeah, you a tip yeah. for this. Um, and so he, he might've given me one or two pieces of advice. And I was, I was really into mentorship. I think I might've I might have been reading a book about mentorship at the time, or maybe he even referred to me a book about mentorship. Mm. Um, oh no, it was, it was master. It was mastery by Robert green. Oh yeah. I think. Yeah. Mastery by Robert green. And it, I think in that book, this, this is all ancient, ancient memory for me at this point, but uh, 
in in that book, it talks about the importance of mentors mm. or something else I'd read at the time was was talking about the importance of mentors. And I was like, Jason's gonna be my mentor. So I I I, I yeah. proposed it to him. Yeah, I I made I made a whole proposal to him and you know, we would have like weekly correspondences and he would send me videos and podcasts and things like that to uh um to research and like he taught me he, he sent me the dogen blocking tutorial like dogen did uh, uh tricking tutorials oh. and um one of the tricking tutorials was all about blocking the science of blocking like you know i i didn't understand blocking i didn't know what that was mm. so like like blocking teaches you how to take your forwards momentum and turn it to upwards momentum and just th- things like that so he started sending me resources like that and um it might have been while traveling with him, which is something that happened later. Um, but he told me at, at, a, at some point in time, his perspective on, on parkour and, and, and the seed that he grows every line from is he looks at an urban environment and he thinks to himself, what, or, or, or he asks himself, what can I do here that I cannot do anywhere else? Mm. And that, that, had, that opened up the, a whole new avenue of, of enjoyment for parkour for me. Cause I think I was to an extent doing that at the time, but there wasn't a label put to it. I, I didn't, there, there was no intention. There was no consciousness to it. Mm. And that completely changed the game for me because that is how I see parkour now. Well, and that, that's where I see the value of parkour. Of course, there's all these other um, larger values that are more obvious to, to, to even the layman or someone who knows nothing about parkour. But, but this one, uh, the, the, using the uniqueness of an, of an environment, that is that core value of parkour. That is, that is what makes parkour unique is that you are taking something from an environment that people might not even look at. People mm. would, may not even notice that. They might feel something's off about an area or they might feel something's unique about something. Mm. But that, that's, that's the extent of it. But w- with, with this mentality in mind, you can look at like a, you know, a small concrete barrier next to a wall with a slant next to it, which is what I keep using as an example. But <laughs> I, I guess it's just the most visual that I could, <laughs> that I could offer. Um, but, but now you're able to take that question and ask it to all of these urban environments. Like I'm gonna, I, I pass a feature and I, I say, oh, what can I do here that I cannot do anywhere else? And if you just start interacting with it and moving your body around on it and touching things and, and, and most importantly is, is doing more moving than thinking, um, mm, like love just that. more, more testing than thinking, because it's again, with, with parkour, especially if you're, if you're, uh, really into the creative aspect of it, you can get so bogged down in the possibilities of everything. I've spent entire jams just sitting there thinking of lines, oh my God. Um, <laughs> which is not good. You, That's like, not good. Just move. Yeah, nope. <laughs> dude. I... So that that's that's an overload. That's an informational overload. <laughs> but it and, and you you can prevent that uh, in in this scenario by just trying things and letting your body touch things and move through things and just again metaphorically listening to what each spot is telling you. Oh, I love that. That was that was so good, man. Yeah, I think that's so cool because, like you just said, what it's what's interwoven in that question is like a practice of really studying where you are being present. You know, everyone talks about presentness, being present, being mindful. And that's the kind of question that will bring you into the present moment, bring you into a direct engagement with your environment. And that offers you like, yeah, just so many more possibilities of like how to approach life. I think even to extrapolate outwards and parkour is also like, like parkour also requires presence yeah that, that that presence is an intrinsic value of parkour because 
Um, I, I heard this in a, a video that Lucy Romberg did for, for Tempest, mm. um, that like when you're, when you, you are, I think it was Lucy. Okay. My memory. But, um, she, she said when you're, when you're doing parkour, like your mind cannot be anywhere else. And, and if it is, you are so much more susceptible to failure and that, that applies to so many things, but, but that, that is an intrinsic value of parkour that you are present. You are here. You are, you know, of, of course you can use your mind to process things, but the, the epitome of presence is, is the physical nature of it is, is the physical immersion in the present moment, because your brain, it's so easy for your brain to time travel. You can go into the past and the future and, you know, think about bills you got to pay and think about, Oh fuck, like, how am I going to pay rent? But if you're thinking about any of those things while you're doing parkour, you're not focused enough. You're probably going to injure yourself because you're not considering, or you're not putting your brain into your body yeah. and, and your, your brain is, is operating in an entire, entirely separate realm of existence. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's like, <laughs> shit. I just needed to sit on that one for a second. I just fucking mushroom cloud in my head. No, let, it's so let good. It's so, yeah. The, you know, that's that flow state that people talk. And like, you know, I've been listening to this, um, John Verveke, the guy that he's been on Rafe's podcast and he's a, um, he studies in Toronto, I think in some, you know, at university there, he's a colleague of Jordan Peterson's another like psychologist who has a whole different set of theories about meaning making and it's he's a fascinating guy and he's talking about I'm listening to his lecture right now and that's what he speaks to is like the flow state which you know I haven't gotten that far in the series yet but basically it's so important and you know what you're speaking to is the parkour brings you into that flow state which is it there's real life consequences like you're not you're going to get injured if you don't mm -hmm. um you know you, there's and there's live feedback it's real-time feedback and it's it's measurable it's like it's concrete in the same way that comedy offers you concrete immediate feedback which is like mm. are they laughing or not because yeah you'll notice if they are or no, not you know immediately yeah you and will. then like <laughs> and then you know and, and then it, it's operating at a level where it's like beyond like just at your limits so that you you know are engaged with it but it's not overwhelming and then um and obviously not so boring that you can still be out of your body and be bored or be in your mind about it. But, yeah, the, um, the balance of, of, rela of relaxation and engagement, right? Like, yeah. I, I think that's the, the chart that people tend to refer to with flow. It's like, it's, there, there's, oh, 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 oh. It, it's stress and stress, engagement and relaxation. I think, I think those are oh, like yeah. three things that factor like into flow. A little extra, too much heat. And then relaxation is... Yeah, underneath that, and then engagement is right in that middle, that Goldilocks zone, which I loved what you said, yeah. which was, you know, um, or what Lucy said or whatever. Or was No, maybe it was what you just said, which was just stay moving. Because that was one of the things I tried to teach in a lecture that I, I did one workshop, like, a long time ago at this Philadelphia gym, and I had a whole mm -hmm. curriculum kind of around that. Oh, I went while. there at, at Pre uh, Precision Parkour? Um, oh, Pinnacle Parkour. Yeah, Pinnacle. Pinnacle, you're like, sick. Yeah. Um, Go show. Yeah, I'll get him. And that was kind of the whole point. That's start, that's a big point of what I tried to tried to teach. I don't think I did the best job of it, which was just like pick picking a picking a mindful goal and just start doing things. Like mm -hmm. try to pick the thing that you can do really quickly, um, or at least like in a way that you really want to do it, but like without hesitation, because nobody really. I think wants that too much you know, mm -hmm. just like sitting there mulling mm -hmm. it over well, that, that's that's how and, you get warmed up in yeah. parkour right like you don't you start, don't warm up with the hard things because you're gonna get fucked up you know yeah. like start start with what's attainable and what's easy and then work into the harder stuff but um all right i wanted to go into one thing too that we put a pin in that i want to make sure we touch on which was your acting which you talked about how mm. there was an offshoot or there was like a you know your networking you took into the world of acting and 
there's other things potentially that you, you know, had to say about how that journey began and where and mm-hmm. why it began in relation to maybe parkour, maybe not. But I'm curious about that because that's interesting. You know, I saw you booking some ki- gigs these days. What's that world like yeah. for you? Oh, Are dude, we gonna yeah, be I've, got a, I've got a movie Josh coming up Joey in June. On the big screen. Are we going to see you? In yeah, the, buddy. How's oh, shit? Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Hollywood, baby. <laughs> um, not not on this not on this next movie, but it's uh, yeah, I, I just booked this. Uh, I just booked the lead role for uh, a movie that's shooting in Niagara Falls. I'm going to be going out there in June. So fuck yeah, I'm cool, so man. excited Congrats. for that. That's like that a- acting is a, is is a means to me perpetuating this existence of act of acting, comedy, and parkour. I have this beautiful trifecta of things I enjoy, mm. and if I could just if if those can be my 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 feathers and my wings that yeah, yeah. I will, I will fly forever. Like, I will fly <laughs> happily. I'll be a happy bird, man. Fuck yeah. So I, um, I, I, I'm sure many people are, are wondering, not many, I'm sure some people have wondered like, <laughs> you know, how, how acting kind of got into the picture. How, how did I, I, I arrive there? And it was that same mentality of like, what will I, what, what is life after parkour? When I, when I am, uh, you know, back before I'd answered what, what that even meant for myself, like what, 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 what is life after parkour? And, you know, I, I knew some people in LA and I'd always had this idea that like, if life didn't work out the way that I wanted to, like if, if I had done, if I had done the conventional approach to life, gone to school, had a job, had kids. And if, if I got to the end of that journey, like what would I have wished that I would have done? Mm. And, and what would I turn to when everything has failed? Like some, somehow I imagine this future for myself, where I'd done That's all these things and ask, been unhappy right? with it's myself. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like if I, like you if need I'm to ask, like, what would you do? Poverty. It's like, it's the same question in a weird way, but it's like, what would you do if you had everything you ever wanted? It just happened. Yeah. Or it's like, what would you do if everything went to shit? And yeah. kind of the it, same Literally, answer. literally that. So, so I, I, I imagine myself in that scenario of, okay, I'm 40 years old. I'm unhappy with my life. I want to make a big dramatic change and I want to do exactly what it is that I enjoy. I want to, I want to find a way to take my, the things that I enjoy the most and I want to create a form of pursuit out of it. Um, and I love, I love using my imagination. I love playing pretend. I've always, always enjoyed making videos, even before making parkour videos. I love making sketches and stuff with my friends. And like, I've always, I've, I've lived on both sides of the camera pretty much my entire life. <laughs> and so in this scenario, I imagine, okay, I'm 40. I hate my life. What am I going to do? How am I going to make a change? I'm going to be an actor. I want to be an actor if shit doesn't work out by the time I'm 40. And so I had, I had this journey in mind of like, okay, I'm going to like do parkour for like, 20 years and then i'm gonna like get into stunts and i'm gonna get into acting i'm gonna talk to david because he's the wfpf and he's like he's he's in la and he probably knows people and like i so i had this idea of a journey and i i wanted to get i think i wanted to get a head start on it at some Mm. point and this is where amanda vol comes back into the picture because she is she she has helped she she has provided guidance at some of the most critical points in my life um, she, she was one of the main people who brought me to parkour, um, through her kindness. And then also she brought me to acting somehow she's, she's helped bring me to these, these two amazing pillars of enjoyment in my life. And I, I cannot thank her enough for that. Um, I, I, I just think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to her for that. And she, so, so I wanted to get kind of a head start. I was, I was in the stage of wondering like, what is life outside of parkour? Um, 
And I was like, okay, so it looks like a lot of athletes get into stunts. Like I saw some of the Tempest guys do that. I've seen um, some of the guys from Calgary, like Josh Brower, he's into stunts. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like I'll, I'll check it out. And at that time, I didn't have this perspective of like, ah, I don't want to do stunts. So I was like, ah, I'll do it. I, I want to, I want to find some way to make money because, or to, to make money through movement and doing things I enjoy because, you know, I, I was at this stage of, I, I really enjoy parkour. There's not a whole lot of avenues for um, making money through it, which, you know, there, there is that discussion of like, should you make money off parkour you know shut up (laughs) yeah i think we're past Uh, that yeah so i i wanted to find i i wanted to find an avenue of of enjoyment and and revenue using parkour um and so i looked into stunts and she she connected me with with an agent uh back in calgary Hmm. and i I had a meeting with this agent and like I, i sat down at this desk with this lady and we talked and talked and talked and she was like okay so i can here, here's what i can offer you we can we can get you to sing we can get you to dance we can get you to do stunts we can get you to do acting and i was like oh like, nice <laughs> <laughs> you cool, started auditioning right then and there yeah that was your singing that <laughs> so, was your singing voice oh yeah like just yeah, they cast me right then and there <laughs> so no i um i i, I have this this internal compass of like where should i go i i have an internal compass i've always always followed my heart and it has never led me it has never led me astray nice um but i've I've also been lucky i've also worked really hard there's all these things like you you don't just follow your heart of course (laughs) but um there's all these other things to consider and i've I've been very 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 lucky but i i um from that connecting to that i following my heart i have always paid deep attention to things that lit me up that mm-hmm. that made me feel like whatever you know to, to make this visual to I, like that like there's like a string attached to my heart mm-hmm. and i can always feel when it's in the right direction i can always feel when i'm like out of balance and when it's tugging and when you know i'm, I'm not moving in the direction of my heart wow that's amazing. and 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 whenever i feel like it's in the right spot i have to act now like wh- whatever i'm doing that is that is that is putting my heart in line follow that mm. um and i had that with parkour when i landed my first side flip when i when i when i landed my or when i went to my first jam something clicked it, w- it was a click it was i i am supposed to be doing this um like w- whether you believe in destiny or not i don't i don't know if i do um mm-hmm. but but this is this is something that me being myself i need to be doing um and i i i got that instantly from acting so i when, I, I when she said meeting. when she rolled off actor you were like you plucked your fucking I was like, heartstring this, or this is this is the door so the heartstring wasn't fully pulled there it, it was like this is an opportunity oh, okay. that i cannot pass up and i i, I also I had a i had a, a, a sense for opportunity in, in in the direction of things that i want to do with my life like whenever like have you ever have you ever, have, like you know like the law of attraction where people yeah, yeah. like you know if, if if you want something blah 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 what what i, what I think that is to, just to base it in logic is like if you are fixated on something, if you desire something, if you have a goal, you, you are basically reframing the entire world and everything that happens in interest of that goal. Yeah. Um, and, and you will naturally be more drawn to notice or to, to do things that are in interest of that goal. Yeah, yeah. And so, so with, with that in mind, I instantly recognized this opportunity and she sent me for a couple of auditions. I, I did background for a little bit, which is like, all right. And, you know, I was doing as much, I, I did, I, I brought a notebook and just like wrote shit down. I was like, what's, what is anything? Like what, what the <laughs> fuck is being on set? And I, I finally, I booked, um, after maybe like a, uh, no, after a couple months with this agency, I booked my first, um, gig, 
So I, I, I booked a, a lead role in a student film, which felt like a huge deal at the time, which is like, you know, if I booked the student film these days, I'll be like, nah, like, nah I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to. But, but, but I, I did this film and being on set, that is when that heartstring mm. felt like it was in the right place. It wasn't, it wasn't the idea of acting. It wasn't the, the, the potential glory of being an actor. It wasn't, no, no, it wasn't no. anything other than I like being here. Yeah. I like doing this. I like these people. Um, and, and that, that I, I got the same exact feeling that I did at the start of parkour that I did with the start of acting. I know what that is. That yeah. is, you must do this. I get that from parkour. I get that from acting. I get that from comedy. Th those are, those are all where my heart is in the right place. And so I did, I did this, um, I did, I did this film and it was awesome. And I met some really cool people. Um, and I ended up, I ended up moving away from town because I was living with my family at the time. I was like 19. And, um, we moved up to uh, this really small town called Cold Lake. And there's, there's no more than, there can't be more than 50,000 people across like, like a super, super spread out, this tiny, tiny town. Um, it was like seven hours north of Calgary, so far from friends, so far from anything. Um, and they had a gymnastics gym. And I, I showed up there and they gave me the keys to the gym. So I got to train by myself there. Nice. That was good. That was a really good developmental time. Um, but it was boring there. There was nothing to do, which is great because I, I love free time. I am I'm just the master of free time. If you <laughs> if I have no commitments, I will make them. Like I yeah. that, that's what I do with parkour. That's what can you hear these can you hear these lawnmowers happening? Can you hear them at all? Um no, they're not too bad. You're good. Okay, cool, cool. I mean um, I can hear but, them, but only um, when you stop talking really. Then it, it Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, I, I was, I was bored in a really good way. I was, I was finding ways to engage myself daily. I was still training. I was training hard. That was probably mm. the, not, not the highest level that I've ever trained at, but the hardest I've ever trained. I was mm. doing wall gainers. I was working on, I was learning double twists for the first time, all of these things. I was really pushing myself because there was, there was nothing else to do. Yeah. And, and one day I was like, I, <laughs> I used to, I used to go and sit at this lake. I used to like read poetry. That's how like boring it was. Like I was like, <laughs> Dude, would, you need would, that though, man. Like... Every flavor of life has a, a fucking, you know, just because yeah. it's not your favorite flavor doesn't mean you shouldn't try it once. Yeah. And how are you going to, you're going to be able to play that guy that sits by the lake and the next big, whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. that's going to be part of your goal. you would be like, yo, I know how to sit and read by a fucking lake. I know how to have peace. You know, yeah, I, know, I got I know that. I got that on lock. And, and I, I developed, I developed habits and routines. I got into meditation and healthy living and mm. or, or healthier living, like really pushing all of these things. But one day I was so bored. I was so fucking bored. <laughs> I, I was like, hmm. <laughs> my, for so long, my, my dad had been bothering me. Like, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to go to school? What oh, are you yeah. going to go to school Ooh, for? And like, shit. you know, I liked, I liked parkour. I, I, I love parkour. And there, were, there was an aspect of, of enjoying architecture that comes with parkour. It, you know, just enjoying any, any kind of urban environment comes with, like, you'll just learn to appreciate architecture. 100%. Um, yeah. So I started looking into architecture schools. And I was like, eh, all right, like, boring, 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 boring. All these requirements, blah, 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 lame. And I was like, what about, what about acting? And so I looked up, I looked up Vancouver acting school. Cause I knew there was a, uh, an acting community here. Like, you know, there's, there's LA, New York, Toronto, and Vancouver. Those yeah. are like the North American hubs. Yep. And now there's like Atlanta, Atlanta and, a little and, bit, uh, yeah. and Austin and shit. Yeah. In Austin. But, um, anyways, that, that was, that was what was most accessible. And I knew I, I've always wanted to live in Vancouver because of, because of origins. I, I, I came to my first part, like my first inter international 
or to my first national parkour jam. I went to PKBC seven mm-hmm. and that was like, that was amazing. That was what would also help set me off on this journey of parkour. Um, so I always had this idea of moving to Vancouver, uh, of moving to Vancouver. So I looked into Vancouver acting colleges and I went onto this one website and whose name do I see on this website? Someone we both know. Oh shit. I, I his name was on the website, Lucas Othmer. Oh, shit. I saw Lucas's name and I had no idea he was in acting. Like he was, and he was a good friend of mine. He was yeah. um, like, I, whenever I would come to Vancouver for NAPC or anything like that, like when I competed for NAPC in 2015 um, and transformed into a worm uh, in front of the entire <laughs> world, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I would stay with Lucas. Like Lucas was the homie to stay with. Mm. Um, and and that, that was like, that was the highlight of my year, every year coming over for NAPC. Uh, and I saw his name on the website. Uh, and I messaged him and I was like, dude, like, what's the deal with this school? And, and he was like, if you enroll at this school, it will be the best decision you ever make in your life. And, and whether, whether or not he still feels that way and wh- wh- whatever. Um, <laughs> That's wild. That's amazing. He, right. he said that to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I believed him, but I wasn't about to like move. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I wasn't about to do something as big as like move to this place I've always wanted to live in, which I'm living in now. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Um, but that's scary moving cities, yeah, right? Like no who does that? That's really tough. Yeah. Um, and how do you start that? It, it's just terrifying. The idea of moving anywhere. So I was so not committed. I messaged the the acting department of the school. And I was like, I have a few questions about your audition process. And <laughs> like, I don't know who was writing the audition <laughs> process at the time, but they, <laughs> they didn't even they didn't even address what I had said. They're like, okay, we can book you for an audition next week. I was like, ah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, uh, uh, again, the, this 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 law of attraction, this yeah, recognizing hey. when things are in line. We don't know what that shit is, right? It could be fucking. That's exactly what's happening. It's like the we don't know, but I don't care. It sounds like it's what is happening to me. Yeah, and so one way or another, these doors are opening, and you were walking through them. Yeah, I recognized it as another door. I was like okay, I have no choice. I must do this. I have committed to this. Mm. And so I, um, it was, it was really close to my birthday. Uh, and it was, it was pretty much this time, uh, in 2017, this time, 20, yeah, 2017. Mm. And I, for my birthday, I went to this mall, uh, cause they have water slides. It's like the biggest mall in Canada and oh, they have shit. fucking this huge ass water park. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, um, one of the people that I worked with on that first student film that I ever did, he ended up moving to Edmonton and, and he was working at that same mall that I was, that, that I went to for my birthday. Cause what the fuck else am I going to do? I'm living in a small town, you know, yeah, let's go yeah. to water slides. Fun. So, <laughs> um, I met up with him and he taught me a few things about acting technique and helped me with, with my audition. And I got the audition and I moved to Vancouver and then I did the school and, and just fell so deeply in love with parkour in the same way, or sorry, fell deeply in love with <laughs> acting in the same way that I did with parkour. Oh yeah. Like the, the two, the pursuit of the two have been so parallel. So, so, so parallel. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I think that's such an amazing story. I really just, I love that, man. I think it really helps people, including me, just be reminded of like following that heart, following your, you know, whatever you feel like your calling is, having the courage to keep taking steps, even how, however small they might be and Mm -hmm. and just keep listening and you know keep keep engaging with your life and with you know whatever if you you whatever you believe in whatever but whatever the universe is also you know speaking to you how it's speaking to you if it is yeah and 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 parkour helps you go into these journeys as well like you don't just do parkour and then do something else and like or or you're not just a blank slate it becomes a it becomes a you know frosty actually 
I think one time gave me the right analogy for this. I love the way he put it and I, I'm going to be butchering it a little bit, but basically he's like, it can be a nice anchor point, you know, mm-hmm. like it's actually mm-hmm. scaffolding that allows you to like, I think he said something to the tune of, you know, having, having an anchor point actually allows you to lean out further away from whatever the sturdy structure is rather mm-hmm. than like keeping you bound into something. So don't let it bind you, but let it be something that you can expand from and actually help you dive further. But it's, it's good to touch base with it. That's something that I've definitely learned over the course of like this sort of post parkour, whatever thing that's happening mm-hmm. is like, I can still revisit my, my practice and become, you know, it, it, it's still juicy every time, but it's yeah. also like a place that, um, <clears throat> is almost safe for me now. So it's like, I can, mm-hmm. I can use it as a safe place that also is good for exploration, but there might be other, like there's more that... answers than questions now in parkour. Yeah. Like, sometimes like, exactly. the balance of questions and answers, like now it's tipped where parkour is not this mystifying thing anymore. You understand what it is. You understand how to enjoy it. Where mm. a, a lot of that enjoyment for, of parkour is also understanding what it is and what it means to you. I love that. And yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And before we get too too far away from the conversation, there is one book that I want to um, uh, advertise, I guess, or, or drop in this conversation, which okay. is uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. Um, Principles. Because it, it, Ray Dalio. It, it, Ray Dalio, baby. <laughs> so it, it that that book, um, in line with the, the teachings of parkour, like the, the, that book teaches you that what you learn from one thing will teach you about everything. 100%. These you, you get keys, you get you get keys from each thing, you know, like like DJ Khaled said, major key. But you get <laughs> you you do you get these these keys from, and let let's just use parkour as an example. You 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 get these principles and you get these keys that will unlock doors in other places. So so that that book's a really good way to learn from that. But but the the premise is that like parkour isn't just a blip in your existence. It's 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 a a door that opens for you and it never closes as long as you mm-hmm. decide to delve into the um to, to delve into what parkour means to you and to delve into the, the lessons that parkour teaches you all that stuff can be weaponized or or used in other other things like all that shit i learned from parkour i i would not be the actor or the, the comedian i am today without those lessons mm. parkour that. was parkour prepared me for the rest of my life yo yeah, man, that's so good. Just fucking true. True words cannot be said. Sometimes you need you need to think about it a little bit to understand how it relates. Right. That's you just have to like say, okay, well, what is the jump in the snare, or what is me, or what is the obstacle? You know, it's not yeah. always crystal clear. But when you start to make the analogy, you can see like how those keys are there for you to open. They're master keys to any issues. Like the important the importance of you of. Have- accepting the possibility of failure yeah and and to to be able to handle what is within your control and accept what is not like and the, like, and the practice of commitment pre- i would say was huge commitment. for you the practice of commitment yeah. for you to be like i'm fucking going to this audition because i said i would you know yeah and i know yeah. how to do that and, and and what what scares me about this audition like am i mm. like okay i'm afraid of failing this audition why why am i afraid of failing this audition am i, am I afraid that i'm not going to do enough work for this audition okay so then let's do enough work so mm. now i'm not now i now i can't be afraid of that because mm. i've done the work yeah. now what else am i afraid of and you just find all these little variable variables just like you would with the jump i i'm i'm afraid to do this 12 foot precision to this to this beam because what uh what if i fall okay what does it mean to fall how will i fall Okay, so if I if I undershoot it, am I, have I have I done enough training to be capable of bouncing back? If I overshoot it, what will I do when I overshoot? You know, yeah, if yeah. if I fall, do I know how to fall? You can me like all, all of all of these things. You learn to ha- 
have you, you learn to pinpoint all of these variables that are stop these questions and variables that are stopping you from committing to this jump. You you figure these them out to to an extent that you are able to do that jump and 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 overcome that fear. You you acknowledge the questions, you provide your answers, and and then you are put into into a position where okay, knowing all these things. Um, and, and and acknowledging all these possibilities, can I do this now? Hmm. And and it, it it doesn't always work, right? There there, you know, so, sometimes a, a fear will, you know, uh, get get the best of you. Like I'm terrified of hurdle precision. It's like I uh-huh. the other day I I was I was at a training session with like with Tom and Renee and all the all the Origins homies, and there was a there's this this like this rail precision they had to clear another one too, and. I, I had acknowledged all the variables. I had done all the progressions. I had done everything. I had, you know, jumped and tapped my foot on the thing and landed on the next one and done all of that. But I reached a point of distrust with myself because I hadn't done enough training. And that's another, that's another key principle from parkour is like, okay, so if there is a variable that is overwhelmingly stopping me from doing this jump or from doing this thing, time to put my nose to the grindstone and work on it. Sounds like I need to work on my, my hurdle precisions more, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. Cause it's important to recognize that. Otherwise you just go, I guess I just need to send it. And then yeah. you get your fucking, <laughs> you break your ankle or whatever, or maybe, you know, all that shit happens sometimes, but yeah. Um, yeah. dope dude. I wanted to just quickly touch base on the other things that, you know, people might know you for, which is the get up podcast. You said you're doing another podcast with a friend of yours, the comedy, um, yeah. homie. And, uh, and, you know, I don't know what the Pody boys are up to, if, if, if anything, these days, you know, can you update us and like, where, what, what are your current projects that maybe people would want to pay attention to? Oh, okay. Yeah. Current, currently I'm really just other than, I, you know, looking I, for you on the billboards. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's where I put my focus for now. I, I started the get up podcast because there was nothing to do during like the, the, the quarantine periods of COVID. And mm-hmm. I had so much free time that I really needed something to devote myself to. And it was a really good way to work on talking is a really good way to like, and I, I may, I may return to it still, but I, I've done 52 episodes. I did one a week and um, that was really good. I, yeah. I do plan on returning to it one day. I really enjoyed the nonsense of it. It's so it's, fun. If I you love want the silliness, just dude. chaos. Yeah. No, I shit. <laughs> I fucking shit. You know, I sometimes struggle with like, and I did a few solo blast podcasts over the years of doing high drop. And it's like one of the funnest versions of it, but it's also it's like, it almost, it's like a completely different type of podcast than, than a conversation when you're just like, I'm going to fucking scribble like on, you know, on the it's terrifying. On podcast. Yeah. Dude. It's sometimes you'll just say crazy shit. Like, <laughs> like, and, and like cut, cut this out if you want, but like there, there was, there was one podcast for like, if, if you just get on a tangent, like blah, 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 blah. And my, and my dad comes and then, and I, I said that and I was like in my mouth, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like it just. That's you're the comedy mind, dude. Shit. Yeah. You're just exploring, you know, like I'm not, I'm not actually like, you don't need to, you don't need to ground what I'm saying in any logical basis. You don't need to add any elements of realism to it. I'm literally just letting words fly out of my mouth when I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's fun. It's very intimidating. Um, like it's, like it's, it was terrifying before every podcast. I was like, what the fuck am I going to say or do today? <laughs> um, and that, that, that's really fun. So I do, I do plan on returning to that at some point, but I've been, I've been saying that for months, so I don't want to yeah, uh, yeah. make any false commitments with that. Um, I have, I, we, we have done a podcast with the, the Pody boys. We, um, we had like a regular podcast with, uh, with topics and stuff, but that, that became too hard to manage everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I do, I work on this podcast called Strictly Beloved. It's with two, um, two very respectable uh, stand-up comedians in town, Marita Lopez and Dino Archie. Dino Archie also comes from, uh, from California. He's, he's one of Canada's most well-known comics. And we, um, I, I work as the video department on, on that. And we actually ended up doing a sideshow called Night Talk, which is like Night Talk is like, you know, you just, you're a different person at night. You know? Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. And that Night Talk. About that nightlife. You know? So we we go on that like we we have a we have a show that I I co-host with him uh, and we just go we go on that and talk crazy uh, and that's that's a lot of fun so if 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 you want to listen to me talk presently that would be like tune tune into night talks mm-hmm. uh, if if you like to wait check out the get up podcast and then uh, if 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 anything else like yeah I guess look for me on the <laughs> on the billboards, on the billboards and, man and the fucking whatever we're gonna find you in the stand up yeah. comedy clubs and the open mic nights we'll do. That's you know, right. Who knows? I'm Maybe grinding right now. One day man. you'll make your way to Denver face. Comedy Works, bro. Yeah, I want yeah, to, man. There. I'd love to. That'd be sick. Yeah, that's on Hopefully, the list, man. You know, so, yeah. I, I would love to see myself continue with that journey. That'd be amazing if somehow we end up, you know, both finding our way in, into a, a set one night or something in the same place. So stick who with knows? it. That's, that's all I yeah. ask you, man. Just stick with it, and I'm sure I'll see you. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's get it, man. Yeah, I, I think it's a juicy a, a place for me as well. Um, yeah, good place for growth. 100%. Well, shit, yeah. brother. Uh, I feel like we've been going for two hours almost, and I feel like that's that a pretty good sense. amount of time. I wish we could actually go a little longer, but I did have a Max Henry's coming over. And Yo, nice. Yo, yeah. Thomas said hi. I love Max. Shout out, Max. We're dropping a, a, a few. Shout out, Max and Steen. Shout out, Steen. And Steen, baby. Yeah, we're going to go. We're actually heading to uh, the UK in the next, like, um, two weeks. Two weeks from now, we leave yeah. to go to England and do a little tour, so that'll be really fun. Um, nice. I can't wait to see the clips. Dude, I'm I'm gonna be hype. It's gonna be the first time in a while I've been there, and then I hope yeah, to see last you. Was the the merm, you, you you came as you went as the you did the merm tour there, we right? We did the like merm you went tour there? in 2015. I went back with uh, Knox and Ryan Keenan, um, yeah. in uh, 2017, and yeah. then this will be the first time since then. But is Ryan Keenan still training? Ryan Keenan was dope. He's so amazing, dude. I don't know what he's up to these days. It's been a while since I've seen him. I think he's back in Michigan, you know, being his fucking sweet sexy tarzan self out there doing something like hunting in the woods or whatever but uh maybe you know we'll get him on here one day again um that'd be yeah but yeah dude what was else i was gonna say fuck oh yeah napc dude hopefully i can see you then too because i'm sure you're gonna be there and i don't know i don't know if i'll be there or not just because i've been traveling a lot this year so i might um eat up all of my travel budget before Mm. august but if not i hope to visit you guys out there and that'd be so amazing yeah, keep your keep your eyes open for uh, for dates to be announced. Um, all I know, um, and I, I have been permitted to spread this information. How long? Uh, <laughs> late August, late August, late look, August. To, look to late oh, August. Oh yeah, good. For, late, for, late's better than yeah. early for me. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And then um, yeah, is there anything else you want to drop or cover real quick before we wrap up here? I I think just just be present, man. <laughs> yeah. Be present. Let the spots talk to you. Um, <laughs> And, and when you're training, spend more time in your body than in your head. If, if, if you're any level of experienced athlete in parkour, just spend less time thinking and more time doing and not even necessarily in a dangerous sense. Just like, just get your body moving. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, I'm excited to yeah. see where you go and what you're doing next as the years develop, man. It's been, it's, it's amazing to catch up with you. And Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been an honor to be on this. I've been, I've been a, a high drop respect there and a, and a, <laughs> a, a supporter for pretty much since it started man fuck yeah i appreciate it yeah all right hell yeah Woo! that was it 
Hell yeah. What an amazing time. Thank you, Josh, Joey. Thank you guys for listening. Description, description, description. That's where it's at. Motherfuck. Yeah. I'm all hyped up. I'm saying bad words and everything because it's lit when you talk to Josh Joey for two hours. And I hope you guys will go do all that stuff in the description. Follow him, all those things. And um, we'll catch you on that next one. Like I said, going to the UK very soon. So look for some fun stuff to drop on here. And thank you for the support for people that have been sharing and reposting and commenting and engaging with us as we've sort of ramped up the content here at Height Drop. Much love. We'll catch you soon.